There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks. Jack here. Just wanted to pop in real quick before the episode starts and let you know that the film and television writer strike is still ongoing and is now also the actor's strike as SAG after the Actors Union has joined forces with the WGA Writers Union on the picket lines to stand firmly that we will not work until the AMPTP the studios and the streamers, start negotiating fairly and provide actors and writers a contract that will guarantee they can make a living wage in this industry and not have to worry about being replaced by fucking AI. All right. The AMPTP has not been willing to negotiate fairly on any of these terms with the WGA or sag after unions. And they made it pretty clear that their intentions are to drag this thing out until writers and actors simply cannot afford to pay for their apartments and houses anymore. That's some pretty despicable behavior, if you ask me, and it only highlights how necessary this strike really is. So if anyone listening wants to support the writers and the actors in their fight for a fair contract and help those in the industry who might be out of work because of this strike, you can go to entertainmentcommunity.org and donate today. Hey, The Rock just did it. He gave a big old donation this week. In fact, he broke a fucking record. It was like seven figures or something. You don't got to do that. But if you got any extra change laying around, there's a lot of folks out here who could use it. Entertainmentcommunity.org. Spread the word. Show your support online. It really makes a difference. And without further ado, please enjoy this very special episode of Cinema Possessed. Very cute. Volume okay with everybody? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, y'all ready to do this? Let's do you guys do know how each episode starts? With the musical? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. With the musical? <laughs> a little film came out that barely made a dime. And bear in mind the fact that critics were unkind Cause the film was unrefined The stars were not aligned But cut to present day After years of steady basic cable play This little film about an awkward teenage witch 
finally found his following. Thanks to ABC Families, 13 Nights of Halloween. It's Teen Witch, it's a movie, it's got songs that are groovy, it's outdated and it's corny. And weirdly kinda horny, it's absurd, it's unhinged, it's super fucking cringe, you know I wouldn't want it any other way. And when you think you've got the film figured out, the white kids start impromptu rapping. <laughs> it's so bizarre, but it's totally charmed, and by the end you'll be clapping. Fourteen Witch, it's got power, Robin Lively's finest hour, 80's fashion's where it's at. You know you can't top that Watch a twist, watch a twirl And be the most popular girl You know you're never gonna be the same again Talk that, talk that Teen Witch on the pod, yeah, we're gonna talk that Talk that, talk that And I don't give up, cause we're trying to talk that Wow <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, sorry <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Cinema Possessed Podcast. My name is Jack Bishop. And I'm Corey Clifford. And each week we take a close look at one film in our combined DVD and Blu-ray collections and discuss what it was about it that originally possessed us to want to possess it. We'll debate whether or not the film still holds that power over us today, and in the end we'll decide once and for all if it deserves to keep its place on the shelf or be turned into a puppy dog and thrown into a bathtub. Oh, that creepy, <laughs> creepy little brother. Or maybe just wished out of existence for forever. Yeah, yeah. When we get it to that point, I do mm-hmm. want to know. Some questions. Some questions. <laughs> is that child missing? Um, and uh, while Justin is still on his sabbatical from the pod, we do have two very special guests joining us here Woo-hoo! at the Cinema Possessed Studios. Uh, a hilarious and wickedly talented acting, <laughs> writing, and directing duo whose work you've probably read on the blacklist with their debut feature script, Hazed, or seen on their long-running hit YouTube Red series, Foursome, of which they were the creator and showrunners, and most recently competed in the 2023 Tribeca Film Festival Untold Stories program, where their feature pitch Bat Mitzvah made it to the top five finalists. They share a deep love and appreciation for all things nostalgic and weird, and we couldn't have asked for a better two people to join us in talking about this particular movie today. Please welcome to the podcast, Selena Warren and Marissa Reed. Thank you for having us. What an intro. Uh, We're in the Valley, and y'all are Valley babes. We are. We are Burbank to the max. We're ride or die for Burbank. I was so offended by Jill's take on the Valley. In the Clueless episode? (laughs) Yep. And specifically came for Republic of Pie, which Mm -hmm. he knows is our office. Oh, see, I didn't even make that connection. Oh, really? (laughs) We we gave it a special thanks in the foursome credit. We wrote the entire first season at Republic of Pie. I've always enjoyed Republic of Pie. I've seen some poetry readings there. Specifically, I love Burbank. Funny story about Burbank is that our agents early on when we just signed with UTA, they asked us, can you guys write something a little more grounded? Because everything relatable, we had, everything we had was crazy. And we're like, you got it. And we went away and we wrote an entire 
pilot about Burbank. <laughs> and they were like, no, this was not what, no one wants this. I want it. I want it. Speaking of pilots, for those who don't know, when you're listening to this, it'll be two weeks from now, but the, the SAG has decided they're going to strike today. So we're all a little fired up. I'm only in two unions, and they're both on strike. strike. SAG after a WGA, they are joining forces for the first time since 1960. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty big deal, folks. But Corey... Tell the people what movie we are talking about today. Today, we are talking about the 1989 American teen fantasy comedy film, Teen Witch, directed by Dorian Walker. High school. It's supposed to be the time of your life. But for Louise Miller, high school was a living hell. From her first secret love. Just die. To her first blind date. Nobody wants to date you because you're a dog. A dog! A dog! My life is a walking, talking tragedy. But just when nothing more could possibly go wrong. It's you. You're one of us. A witch? Something wonderful went right. Now she's possessed with special powers that are simply bewitching. She can make her worst teacher hot. I will never be hit. And her best friend cool. Teen Witch. Winning is a magical feeling. What a trailer. Did she make her best friend cool? Yeah, I think that was one did of she, her crimes. Like, what is it? She said she made, oh, she did make her teacher, her theater teacher hot. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I guess. Think they meant, Literally I think hot. they meant the mean teacher, Mr. Oh, when he started taking yeah. off he his clothes. He was physically clothes. hot. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, she didn't do any makeover on anybody. She just no. like physically well, made him hot. Well, the theater teacher did get her hair permed. That's but true. Yes. But and she, she like fell in love, in love yeah. with like Ronaldo or something. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So she was able to pay for her. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was, yeah. It wasn't clear to me how she affected that, but I guess the lottery was yeah. part of that. Yeah, And the man that she fell in love with had um, to be a... You mean Count Armando Lagondo? <laughs> oh, that's his name. Okay. Oh, yes. I was like, the writer just was like, what rhymes with Armando? And just went with it. There was name. a lot of fever dream. This movie fit oh. about like a fever dream completely. Yes, this is this is an interesting, interesting film. Uh, but let's start with relationships. What was, what is, so just so the audience knows, you guys kind of picked this movie. I did have it in my collection. Which is crazy. Yeah. I was shocked. I'll tell my story this. of how it got there. But um, first, I want to hear like, what is y'all's relationship to this movie? Why did why why did you pick it? Um, Celine and I really bonded over this movie. Mm-hmm. We met in musical theater school, and the musical element I think really stood out to us. Yeah. Usually, I'm very like, this was the time. I don't remember how I saw it or like what happened. Mm-hmm. I just remember slowly becoming obsessed with elements like <laughs> the fashion I was like this is what I want to look like yeah. mm-hmm. like I thought Robin Lively was the most and still do I think that she's the most beautiful stunning she's even gorgeous. in her like dork quote unquote dorky outfits yeah. I'm like those are fresh outfits yeah. like, minus they, her dance yeah. outfit that her mom yeah yeah yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah and the the straightening of the hair but I love that like her hair is naturally curly and that's how she was most beautiful like usually it's yeah. the opposite yeah. so I don't know when I saw it but I just know that we slowly just started talking about stuff about it and then became obsessed and it was a big thing in our friendship that we 
put in a lot of movies, references, and try to make everything we do just have a little Teen Witch in it. Yeah. yeah. After rewatching it, I actually realized I don't think I've seen the whole movie that many times. It's just the musical numbers. And especially a popular girl, Selena and I would, when she first got her convertible, we would blast that riding the convertible. <laughs> the first day of foursome on set, we pulled up. We like, it Incredible. was cold. It was like six in the morning. Uh-huh. So we pulled over and then put the top down just to pull in, blasted that. And then Selena curbed her car oh, wow. and caused like a whole scene. You're like, your bosses are here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the smoothest driver. Sure, sure. Um, I didn't I know I you it. had a convertible. I I bought it. Times. Oh, yeah. You guys have ridden in it. Yeah. Um, I want to ride in it. You got to ride After in this. it. Please. Mm-hmm. Brad yep. has a convertible. So I just, a lot of my life has to do with this movie and was inspired by this it movie. It feels right. Yeah. Watching the movie again, it was like, this definitely rings of all the qualities of Selena and Marissa. It's got a bewitching quality to it. I think the, the fact that it's so weird, it, it almost hits this sort of uncanny valley. It does. It's so, I think movie. kind of like you were saying, I don't know if I've seen this movie all the way through. Like it was definitely a TV movie. So mm-hmm. I think I had gotten chunks of it many, many, many times. Like I thought when he said it, I was like, oh, I've seen that movie a thousand times. And then I was like, I do not remember this creepy ass little brother. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm obsessed with the afflicted accent that the brother has. It's insane. <laughs> so crazy. I'm obsessed. And did you say bewitching mm-hmm. because of the man that plays the father? I forget oh, his yeah. name. Oh uh, yeah, uh, James Sargent or something. Sar- Dick Sargent. Dick Sargent. I have a Sargent. lot of issues with that father. He's the dad in Bewitched, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Or the husband. He's the husband. Bewitched, yeah. oh, and they oh, ended up having a daughter in the God. show. Oh my God. I did not know Samantha's that. Samantha's husband. I loved it when in Be- I loved that show as a kid. His name is Dick mm-hmm. in I thought the show, he was think, so right? cute in it. I did not feel that way about the <gasps> Well, he was probably Yes, I know, but we'll get into it when we get into the movie, but... I did not like his vibes. I was, well, I was whole, getting creep vibes. The whole family really? dynamic. I mean, Richie, we will talk about, but he yeah. is terrifying. <laughs> and the mom is weirdly young for how old Dick Sargent yes. is in the movie. Mom's yeah, the whole, a babe. Mom is a babe, for sure. I had caught this movie in bits. I never liked the movie as a kid. It would come on every now and then on. <laughs> I, I remember like brown. I was obsessed with Halloween movies. And so I would occasionally pop it on to like the ABC family stuff because I just needed my Halloween fix. And so if there was nothing else on, I would pop it over there. And I remember this movie occasionally being on and I would see pieces of it and it was just like not for me. I would turn it off. You and hate then, fun. Yeah, that's probably what it was. <laughs> it's probably the fun part. Of it. But then in college, uh, an, a fellow directing student, uh, shout out Matt Kaysen, talked to me about this movie and how much he loved it. And I was like, oh, I, I would give it another shot. And so he let me borrow this DVD. <gasps> And you never gave it back. And I never gave it back. He never, <laughs> he never brought good, it back. Viewer or listeners, it's in such good condition. Yes. Matt, if you're listening, come and get it. <laughs> um, and I remember watching it then and being like, okay, that was pretty funny and weird and fun. But then in Move to LA and in 2015, 2016, we were living off the Melrose area and there was a theater down there at the time called Cine Family and they would do midnight screenings of stuff. And they had a whole witch month where they showed the witches mm-hmm. and the craft and all the, tons of witch movies. And I went and saw a midnight screening of Teen Witch there because I was like, I remember that being fun. And that seems like a fun crowd movie. And it was a fucking blast. Like it totally changed. This is a perfect movie to see with a crowd, I bet. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Ugh. Absolute crowd movie because it's 
at times it's so strange that if you're just sitting alone watching it, you're sort of like this movie's you start to judge it a little bit too much, maybe. But in a crowd, you just embrace every aspect mm-hmm. of it, bad or good. And yeah, it was a great screening of it. And that's kind of when it clicked for me, like why it has the cult status that it does. And for sure. Why people like it. Um, well, this movie also hits on something that I'd be interested to know if you guys went through this phase. I talked about this on our Patreon now and then episode, but I went through a phase like where me and my friends were like, oh, yeah, no, we are witches. We can do seances. We can talk to the spirits like light as a feather, stiff as a board, all of that. So this I think part of the cult following of this movie for lots of reasons, but is it is tapping into the young girls Mm -hmm. thinking like I wanted to be Sabrina, the teenage witch, like all of these things. Did you have that phase? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Still do a little bit. (laughs) Honestly, like I remember going through stores and looking for an amulet or a ring. And sometimes I'd be like, this has the power. And then I, I would like wish yes. things to oh happen. Oh my God. My aunt is actually an energy mover. So <gasps> she has like some intuitive powers cool. and she, any any like piece it. of jewelry or anything she would get me. I, I fully believed her yeah. magical powers. And it your aunt is does. Zelda Rubenstein. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I am so obsessed with her and I love that she's got like such a Jewish last name and mm-hmm. I really resonated with that as a mm-hmm. kid. I love. grew up with a maiden named Green. Greenman. So I was like, thank God, some representation on screen. But then she had Zelda, which in itself is such a witchy name. Oh, mm-hmm. So good. And this isn't her first time playing like a psychic character because she's classically known for poltergeist where she mm-hmm. comes in and, and cleans the house with her. Psychic uh, I love abilities. her and her sweet little voice. She's just uh. this movie also very much lives in the same world as me. Different years. Not even a witch movie. But do you guys remember the movie? I think it was also like a. ABC family called Wish Upon a Star. Uh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Catherine Heigl. Uh-huh. I like I would love to do an episode of that. <laughs> we like, would be so excited. Maybe to we'll do a that. Patreon of that. I was so and Teen Witch lives in that same world for me. I was so obsessed with that movie. I thought Catherine Heigl was the most beautiful person I'd ever seen in my life. And like, yeah, that just fantasy of like I want to be the beautiful, popular girl, and it can happen if I just make a wish or find a special necklace. I know. <laughs> I still you, hope that. I did y'all watch a lot of 13 Days of Halloween stuff? Were you into that? Oh, yeah, definitely. How, what are your feelings just on horror movies in general? I love horror movies, especially like supernatural movies. I don't like being scared. Um, I used to, or I think I thought I did like out of peer pressure yeah. mm-hmm. but i don't like like i think i saw um the exorcism of emily rose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I still to this day if i wake up at 3 a.m and i'm like or or like if i'm sleeping and i think of the devil i'll like out i'm not even religious i'm agnostic i'll be like god i'll just say it out loud I do the same thing. I, 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 I do the same thing i'm not religious but like whenever i get scared i will like first i'll be like Jesus, please help me. Here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, what am I doing this to? I don't know. And you also, your thing is too, is you acknowledge ghosts. Oh, yes. So that they won't fuck with you. You're yes. sort of like, I, I understand believe in you're ghosts here. because I am so afraid that if I don't believe in them, somehow they'll try and convince me that they're real. And so- <laughs> there is a movie there so hardcore about someone who doesn't believe in a ghost as being persistent. <laughs> it was like, no. We actually, one time when I was doing um, Summerstock Theater in Georgia, Jack came to visit me and 
I was like friends with this group of gay men, of course, of, you know, doing musical theater summer camp. They were my best friends. And they got, they were like, we should go ghost hunting when Jack comes because they like know he loved horror things. I, peer pressure completely because that actually sounds like my worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> but they like found this place. It's this is like in Podunk, Georgia. So we like drive an hour out. And then suddenly we hit just like trees and they're like, okay, yeah, we, this is like at midnight too. They're like, get out, get out. We have to like walk a mile in and we're going to find this abandoned bridge. I'm like, fuck, no, this is horrible. But I'm trying to be like, like, yeah, this is fun. And they're like, I'm walking with somebody and then Jack is walking ahead with like two of the guys. And all of a sudden I hear, we like get there like, okay, there's the bridge. And all of a sudden I hear Jack whisper, don't show Corey that. Like telling them that. And I'm like, what, 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 what did you, what, what did you see? What's happening? And on the bridge in the middle of nowhere at this ghost thing that we're supposed to find on the like bridge. In, in the thick of the woods. In the like thick overgrown, of the woods. People are not using this bridge. The bridge, the be- the start of the bridge in concrete in huge spray paint letters. It says, Corey, go home. <gasps> Was it spelled the same? Yes, as exact C-O-R-E-Y, which most people don't do it that way. Wait, any chance... The person who was convincing you to go. Uh, no. He wasn't the type. Okay. No. Wasn't yeah. the type and it was like old. Like it was like an old and spray you paint. Smell, it wasn't fresh. You would yeah. smell that spray paint. And yeah. Jack was like, don't show Corey that. Yeah. Because it was pictures. a far enough trek into the middle of nowhere that it's something you would only do with a group. And there's no way he would have gone out by himself and done it. No, it would have been way too scary. It was and just a the rest of that summer, the, the, all the pictures of me have orbs in them. No. And I have like an orb over my face. So yeah. you opened the portal. I, I think I did. So mm-hmm. I know you're here. But Honestly, my butthole is getting me. so tight <laughs> even <laughs> thinking about this yeah. stuff. That I never think about it. I'm like, if you just don't think about it, like space and religion, yeah. then you just don't get stressed out. The deep ocean. <laughs> or too. the deep ocean. Yeah. When you think about this movie, do you think about the witchy elements or are you mostly thinking about the sort of 80s fun teen elements of it? Mostly the fun elements. It's not you know very it's not the witchiest movie Mm-mm. it's not especially i was really wanting it. some yeah. spells mm-hmm. the spells were also like so clearly fake mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, there, she's like say bradham enchantum magamorum it's like the word with the word mm afterwards yeah my theory is that's the reason why the movie didn't do well so the literally nobody went and saw this movie when it came out in theaters to say it was a box office bomb is like a huge understatement it was made for 2.5 million dollars it literally only made like three thousand dollars oh my god um so nobody went and saw it came out the same weekend as field of dreams and pet cemetery seems like that shouldn't have really affected it because field of dreams is like a dad movie and pet cemetery is like a boy's horror movie and so it seems like there would be room for a teenage girl fantasy film the uh the movie was originally pitched as like a take on teen Teen wolf Wolf. yeah oh it first was going to be teen wolf during the script inception phase Mm -hmm. but then it changed they like went in it like it then they went in a different direction right teen wolf was like we don't want any part of this Which is probably smart of them to do. And if you compare the two, obviously Teen Wolf has a great performance from Michael J. Fox. I was going to say Michael Jackson. Old Mikey J. Fox. I was going to say Michael Jackson. We call him Mike in this household. Old Mike. Um, But also it has like a great werewolf makeup thing that's 
on all the posters and on all the the commercials and trailers. So that's fifty percent of the appeal. How much money was that movie made for, though? I don't know. Yeah, probably had a bigger Way marketing more. behind yeah. it, yeah. but it also had a smarter marketing behind it because it's called Teen Wolf, and you're getting Wolf right there yeah. on the thing. Whereas this movie was called Teen Witch, and the posters at the time look like a romance movie that have no fantastical elements. There's like it looks like Tom Cruise is in the movie because <laughs> they take Brad and they kind of take the shot where he looks like Tom Cruise. Yeah, and so I think people probably just saw it and were kind of confused about like is this to jump on the bandwagon of the teen wolf thing it doesn't seem like it was doing an effective job both the director and the writers director dorian walker and writers robin minke and vernon zimmerman they did not make anything else really after this movie that's so a shame. it seemed that to is. kind of that's really sad hurt people and i know that looking at interviews with the cast and stuff like they did not want to really acknowledge the movie they all sort of fled from it after it was done even during filming they knew there was maybe something <laughs> off about the movie um but it then did like have a research yeah, because I feel like Robin, Robin Lively, uh-huh. Blake Lively, yeah, Blake Lively's sister, sister. Wow. fifteen-year age gap. That's wild. I remember when, like, I first discovered that. I was like, "What?" I don't know. It, like, truly blew my mind for some reason. Yeah, I don't really know Blake Lively at all. Like, yeah, I, have, I have very God, little no, familiarity. Isn't that shocking with her. to you? Yeah. I have more familiarity with Robin Lively than I do. with I was Blake like, Lively. Sisterhood of the I Traveling Gossip yeah. yeah, Girl, uh, married to Ryan Reynolds. Like, just social media. Jack is just not mm-hmm. in. The Zeitgeist. Because I'm like, Blake Lively is just so famous to me. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They definitely both have that cool girl factor. And the most perfect hair. Both of them. Different types of hair, but both stunning hair. You get strawberry and vanilla in the same family. Oh, God. And just so big. I did read that um, Robin Lively did the Finest Hour dance with her brother at Blake Lively's wedding to (gasps) Ryan Reynolds. Oh, my God. I love that. What? That's very cool. That gives me chills. So I think all the cast now is pretty much come around to embracing it but it took a long time because the movie really didn't find its cult following until it started airing on cable and syndication robin lively's still working i mean i like looked her up on imdb she does she's a consistent working actor on tv like guest star roles all that stuff she is someone who we would definitely write into something just to work with yeah oh my Mm -hmm. gosh you have to and she still looks great i watched a recent movie she looks awesome Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, this movie is kind of a musical, but it's technically not a musical. Like, <laughs> I know, I wish it was more of a musical. Yeah, the I mean, musical there's really the only best. one sequence that feels like a musical, and that's I Love Boys, or I Like Boys. <laughs> Girls, I got the new cheer. <laughs> I know, not Just a like, cheer at all. Yeah. At all. And they're not even cheering to it. Like, she says, no. I like boys, and then they just dance to Could it. Could you imagine they're... them doing that at a football game? Oh and everyone's like, who are you rooting for? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, boys. <laughs> But it did totally like play. And I was so fucking boy crazy, like out of my mind boy crazy that I was like, I get it. I love this song. Mm -hmm. I like boys too. (laughs) There's music throughout. It's very music forward. It has a great soundtrack. And it kind of falls into the pantheon of movies that I like where the soundtrack was created for the movie. Mm -hmm. So Scarface does that. Uh, A movie that we love, Silent Night, Deadly Night, has an insane soundtrack that's Mm -hmm. all made for the film. But they're pop songs, you know. And this movie does the same thing where all of this music in the movie was written for the film by Tom and Larry Weir. The script was written not to have any sort of musical stuff in it. Mistake. Tom and Larry Weir were hired to be the composers for the movie. Are they brothers? They're brothers, yeah. They actually come from a musical family where they they grew up, I think it was maybe like a religious musical family, but there was probably like 12 of them. They had this, they were called the Weirs. They always wanted to do a musical though. So when they got this job, they were like, let's see if we can squeeze in a few pop songs into the score that we submit. 
So they did, and to their surprise, the writers ended up writing those pop songs into the script. Like they they put them in there in a way that they didn't expect them to. They went and shot the movie, and um, the financiers, who was a group of Middle Eastern men, uh, same people who had discovered Jean-Claude Van Damme, they saw the first cut of the movie and they did not like it at all. <laughs> so they had them go back and do reshoots. And they said their their main objectives in this reshoots were they wanted more sex and more rap. <laughs> and so due to these reshoots, majority, the 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 abandoned house sex scene, the opening of the film, the dream sequence, top that rap sequence, that was all done in these reshoots due to these financers demands that makes a lot of sense the abandoned which again we will get into yeah. more but that sex scene it's I, intense I, she does say that it was just a kiss make it, out. Oh, it is technically just a kiss but it's, yeah but, but i mean that's percent for it's a deep teen penetrating movie, kissing. for like a teen yeah a teen <laughs> feels like pg and every other element like mm-hmm. you see Intense tongue. tongue. His tongue yeah. was yes. fully done. Yes, her I was like screaming. I was there, like, oh my god. There are elements of this movie that feel like a soft core porn. Yes, it's a very horny. Those movie. are my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. To be oh real. yeah, of her course. fingering his ripped shirt. I was just, just gonna say. Well, that. you could see the threads of his shirt like getting caught in her long yeah. ass press. That on. really oh, did it for god. me yeah. back in the day. Yeah, the, there was five producers. <laughs> <laughs> there was five producers on the movie. The only female. Uh, walked when she realized they were going to do these these uh reshoots because she was like this is not the movie that i signed up for (laughs) she was like teen witches do not intercourse (laughs) and i will and they do not rap it's safe to say that if these reshoots didn't happen i don't think this movie would have the cult following that it is like that's some of the best stuff in the movie so kudos on these middle eastern (laughs) financers for knowing what was what but i will they did see something because if you look at the opening of the movie with the smoke and that dream sequence That kind of feels like the abandoned house scene. So they were that like, was part of the reshoots. Oh, it was. Yeah, the they had one location, yeah. so they just had to make it work. <laughs> and I, I think this movie is interesting in that it does that because you don't see a lot of movies from this time that are taking a sort of sexual perspective from the female point of view. This movie is super erotic and has moments of uncomfortable, sexy stuff, but it's usually. It's not really geared towards a male audience, I would no. say. And I mean, it's, I, it's that's, her imaginations of things. That's what I really was liking about it because yeah. it was, I, I mean, my diary was just constantly, it's just like I could not think about anything else mm-hmm. besides boys and wanting to kiss boys and all of the things. And I'm like, that is exactly how she is. Was you yeah. guys grew up together, accurate. right? We did, yeah. So I mean, was, ish. We we didn't become friends till yeah, not till senior year. Senior so year your diary school. wasn't full of like it was not about Jack. Jack wore the tightest black shirt no, today. No. <laughs> she did draw a picture of me one oh time. Oh my god, Jack <laughs> is obsessed with that story, and I have no memory. Apparently, I drew a picture of him. We had a class in middle school. This was before and let high me just school. tell you, did not give one fuck about Jack in middle school. Well, I guess what? I didn't give a fuck about Don't fight. But needless to say, you did draw a picture of me and you in a computer class. You drew it on, I, I think, I guess I was just paint. a flirt. You <laughs> printed it out. You gave it to me and you told me to hang it on my fridge. Do you still have it? No. Oh, oh printed it out. Cute. That's expensive as hell back then. It must have been in the computer lab when I printed it out. It was, yeah. 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 It was in the computer class. We were taking like typing or something. Yeah. We were in different social circles <laughs> yeah. though. So mm. we didn't actually become friends until 
different school many years later. But if you didn't see Teen Witch and it didn't fill your I love boys needs, you never would have gotten together with Jack because you wouldn't have had a sexual awakening. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you're right. Wow. I have a lot. You threw out your lipstick and your toy. You threw out your Your dollhouse. Your dollhouse and your (laughs) toys. What did she say? I realized that I like this morning. This morning. <laughs> How self-aware do you think the movie is in terms of do you think it's aware that it's being as ridiculous as it is or do you think it's mostly no accidental? Way. No, especially hearing the backstory. Yeah. No one goes into some if you try to make something silly, like it's pretty doesn't work. Uh, it yeah. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the fact that it's so insane mm-hmm. was definitely like, yeah. not on purpose. And I think that with like the the initiative of like put more rap in it, I think that was them genuinely like seeing the trend of rap becoming popular. And, <sighs> that like, is the crazy. Get it in this part. movie. Well. <laughs> because I don't think there is a single skin color that isn't white in this movie. No. And so Mm-mm. it's very strange to shoehorn in all They're of They're like, these. that guy might be Italian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's really, and he's from New York. Like he's the only yeah. guy with a New York but accent. But do you think with him that, he, like that actor, do you think he was like, I'm giving it, like I am a yes. rapper? I don't I know. Do. I, think so. I think he knew he was being a little silly because if you watch him dancing yeah. when she's on the bike, he's got a little bit of a smile. Like I'm <laughs> like knowing that it's a little silly. Yeah. I watched some interviews with him and, and he was mortified having to do it. He, <laughs> he knew was. he was very like self-conscious about it. He was like, this doesn't feel, this feels embarrassing. And they were like making right. him dance harder and stuff. Everybody was. The the girl who plays Polly too was also like super embarrassed. She's uh. still out here. She's in my friend's yoga class. She's a yoga <gasps> teacher. Yeah. yeah um, so we always, Marissa and I are always something ABC family Disney Channel original movie for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last year we were Xenon. Oh, okay. You guys um, got to do Wish Upon a Star. We are going to do Wish Upon a Star this year, but we're, now we were thinking of we're doing gonna Teen do Witch. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta Did do. you ever see um, Twitches? Yes. The TN Tamara. Yeah. We also, yeah. And there was one with uh, Mary Kate Nash. Yeah, you always call that one Twitches. Twitches but that's double, 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 double. double. Oh, I want to have a Halloween night where we just watch a bunch of those. I well, recently just watched pop that on one. ABC Family. I think they still do 13 Nights of Halloween. They don't show like the deep cuts, though. Like, no, because they now they're like, showing like Night Harry in the Potter. Museum or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Harry yeah that's, always Harry Potter. Yeah. Get out of here with that. Nobody wants to watch Night at the Museum for Halloween. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll start really getting into the movie. Okay. Beautiful. We'll be right back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
Welcome back to Cinema Possessed, and we are talking Teen Witch. Uh, I watched this on DVD. My DVD had that commercial. Do you remember popping in DVDs and getting that commercial about illegally downloading stuff? Where it was yeah. like, you wouldn't steal a car. Yeah, you? you wouldn't steal a handbag. It had that. So that oh, was a nice. That was blast a fun. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm on Napster just like, downloading <laughs> it. Yeah. I actually, while Jack was a straight up burning DVDs. But at I didn't time. download them. I would rent them and then I use like a software to like rip the thing. <laughs> this is just as bad. Um, You're the, the reason we're on strike. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> at this point, we may as well just like because the streaming services yeah. have made it so that people who are actually doing like illegal downloading and ripping are preserving films and television shows in a way that you can't expect streaming services to do anymore because they'll just erase your shit. That's wow, right. hot take. Hot take. Yeah, sorry. We're angry and it's we have come a back right around. Yeah, yeah. This movie opens with a pretty insane dream sequence and we get our first taste of that song. Never gonna be the same again. Never gonna be the same again. So good. This opening is so long though. It's, it's late. Hey, you gotta get your credits in there. Long. You're just like Jack uh, allergic to credit sequences. I though. kind of am sometimes. I love them. I know you really do. Love Pulls them. you into the mood the for tone. sure. I mean, she looks like her hair. I that's my first note. Is She's perfect in a wind hair. tunnel. Yeah. She's got a scarf oh. that yeah. you used to wear to prom to wrap <laughs> your arms in. That's like yeah, kind of shawl. Sheer shawl. <laughs> There's Wait, a little bit of like Motley Crue music Shaw's? video here. <laughs> they got stuck in too many fans and killed too many. People. You said the opening sequence was a pickup, right? Yeah. So was the movie just going to open with her waking up from a nightmare? Because that I'm, part's not a pickup. Oh, I'm not so true. sure. The composer was where I got all this information from. He did a big interview. And- I wish that the opening would have been like the nanny, like an animated witch mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. through the decades because yeah. she was alive in like the 1600s, <sighs> Madame Serena yeah. said. So I'd love to see like her just dying. I know, I wish I would have gotten more of that. Modesty yeah. Miller was her was mm-hmm. her like previous life. The names, the names, the alliteration <laughs> in these games. Yeah, they were... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this opening sequence feels like you have started like an, a, a softcore porn movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a teen movie at all. They both feel like full grown adults. <laughs> to me, it felt like they had choreographed a dance and then in post decided <laughs> to just put a bunch of slow motion on it and make it like this more ethereal abstract thing because mm-hmm. they're doing a choreography. On a ledge. They think they're yeah. going to die. Yeah. yeah. It's like a balance beam act. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of me in musicals in high school. My dad used to be like really on my case of how I walked in high heels. <laughs> he was like, because I wanted to be an actress. Still yeah. do, actually. And he was like, who's going to hire you as an ingenue if you can't walk in heels? And I was like, someone will. And she's on this ledge fighting yeah. for her life, barely taking steps. And I'm like, she got to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, it's all a dream. She wakes up. We get to see that she's just a normal uh, 15-year-old teenager. And we get to meet her little brother who is under the bed eating cake. Yeah. What the fuck that, is up with this little brother? Okay, the eating stuff, though, I did not remember. Yeah. Like, that. It's a theme with him. That he's is really dark. With yeah. sweets and cake. And he's and- specifically hiding from the mom. He's like, Mom would, wouldn't look for me here. I had mm-hmm. to hide from her. So I, I do could relate. eat a whole cake. Well, I do relate to this. <laughs> it's real. Because in the 80s and 90s, moms were obsessed with our weight. Yes. yes. Usually mm-hmm. for women. Another yeah. thing I love is she was obsessed with the, <laughs> the brothers <boys>. eating. <laughs> and my mom used to. If, if I would take a scoop of ice cream from the ice cream, she would know. Yeah. So I would take the whole ice cream and take one scoop and then shove it under my bed. I used to take bites of it and then like 
make it like hard over so it's like you could like scrape oh, scrape yeah. scrape I scrape so you couldn't that. see that's I smart know. that's working smart <laughs> mm. yeah i think there was maybe um there's maybe some sympathy you can draw from richie that he's been shamed into doing this stuff yeah. but he's such a little he's, freak that so it's the thing is at the beginning i actually was like oh this is fun i forgot about the little brother i'm like oh it's gonna be like me and my little brother mm-hmm. and so i was like kind of on his side at first and then very quickly i was like what the fuck is wrong with him like Do you think his obsession wrong. with cake is to imply that he likes to eat ass <laughs> he's a child jack what the fuck kind that of question is that foreshadowing i don't think cake was like slang back then for maybe it booty. created it maybe this is <laughs> it was chocolate cake that's true <laughs> and what is his accent he's like, like oh yeah. louise he feels a little bit you're like a dog. he's dog you're a dog he's like a man in a child's body his name is joshua john miller i okay, do recognize do you know him. about him no. He's like a pretty successful like screenwriter. Mm-hmm. He wrote that movie The Final Girls yeah. and some other stuff too. Fairly successful. He he quit acting two years after this movie, but he was actually a pretty big actor when he did this. I recognize him from a movie <laughs> called Near Dark, a vampire movie with Bill Paxton. And you, if you want to see him explode in flames, go watch Near Dark. <laughs> I mean, I kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he always kind of plays like a creepy kid. He's also in River's Edge. Uh, but yeah, he quit acting two years after this movie. His dad is actually Jason Miller, who is the priest in The Exorcist. So he comes Ooh. from uh, from an acting family. And he was also a playwright, too. So he's comes from a writing family as well. Uh, but yeah, he went into writing after this. And he did write Final Girls. And he wrote like... Uh, he re- he's written a bunch of a TV show, too. I love uh, a bunch of a TV show. I know. I'm <laughs> terrible. What was it? I don't remember. Queen of the South. It's written sixty-two episodes. Oh, that is a like I would if you were to make me guess a show that he wrote. A I know, ton of, I that know. Would not be yeah, it. sixty-two episodes. Oh, he's the creator of it. Actually, oh, that makes so sense. there you go. He's yeah. very successful. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. successful. I didn't Thank see that. Thank you. Holy moly! <laughs> and we get to meet her parents, and we see that her dad is Dick Sargent from Bewitched. Did y'all ever watch Nick at Night? Bewitched yeah, stuff? of course. Yeah. Yes. I watched it all the time. I was more of an I Dream of Genie. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> but. Uh, we get to meet her best friend, Polly, who's played by Mandy Ingber. And I think she's really good. She is. I think she is the actual little shining star. Yeah. yeah. Obsessed with her. Like, we need justice for Polly's character. I yeah. agree. That's yeah. one of my. Le- I have a few questions at the end of the movie and one of them is like why didn't there's not like a makeup scene no no because polly's smart and she's like you're a shit friend yeah Ugh, yeah the whole third act is like 10 minutes I feel like. <laughs> yeah there's i'm like who wrote this us <laughs> yeah our, our third and acts are always fine. so short <laughs> yeah third acts are hard and it works out for everyone yeah. and it's happy ending. there are a handful of moments watching the movie where i was sort of like did, did i miss something or was there a deleted scene because there are some jumps that happen early on there's like uh she has her 16th birthday and she gets a call from Polly that's like um, nobody showed up to your birthday Polly said she was at the mall but she was in the worst part of town in a back alley payphone (laughs) yeah and she's like Randa's having a party and it feels like it's building up to like now we're gonna go to Randa's party and then it just like cuts to the next day she's like so no one's coming to your party yeah it feels like it's a build up to a sequence and then she's like okay well you just come over and she's like okay next day you never see it I know and I was like why didn't she just come over in the first like she wasn't planning on coming to your party yeah but also, like, who was co- none of Randa's friends were going to come to your party, even if there wasn't yeah. another party. Yeah, thank Louis, you. Like, yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no one's coming to your 16th uh. birthday party, Louise. Uh, speaking of Randa, we get to meet her. Randa is Brad's actual girlfriend, who's played by Lisa Fuller. And when we first see her, she is so she's a babe. Yeah. The mm-hmm. outfit that she's in is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty stunning. And she says, Can you believe it? How does she do that? And she goes, 
jeans. <laughs> Such a good line. Such a good it's line. It's so true, too. Uh, it is yeah. true. Also, I this movie, like the beginning of it, it made me realize like 80s movies in particular really loved stereotypes, like high mm-hmm. school stereotypes. Like mm-hmm. the dorks were always really, really dorky. The jocks were always really jockey. Yeah. Like, and almost even like the quote unquote good 80s movies, it's the same formula. It was in a all simpler time. Yeah. We knew where we stood. It is crazy that this is 1989, though. I feel like all that stuff is like 84, 85. Ooh, this movie is like yeah. a little behind, which also might explain why it didn't do so well. <laughs> Today, if this was if this was rebooted, they'd be like, how does she, how does she look like that? How does she do that? And they'd be like, oh, Zempa. I know. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> Which would be a good joke. Brad's name is Dan Gothier in real life. Dan's yeah. my dad's name. So this is Whoa. really triggering. Uh, what do y'all think of Brad? Do you think he's hunky? Do I mean, th- the name alone, right? Yeah. Brad. Yeah. That 80s name. I mean, he's definitely hunky. He's got like kind of the butt cut. It's not mm-hmm. straight down the middle, but it's like, got that swoop. Yeah. He's got a cool ass card that he also fingers weirdly while he's waiting for her. Mm-hmm. He like poses <laughs> a lot with his foot. He's ripped up. too. He's, he's totally got a great ripped. body. Yeah. How old was he when this? I think he was 26. Yeah. Okay. So not crazy. Not pretty fair. Fairly normal for casting a high school movie. In the yeah. He in the looks 80s. older. They yeah. all, they all in the 80s looked older. Yeah. Just. Yeah. From the outfits to like the chemical processing in their mm-hmm. hair and yeah. stuff. Brad and Randa actually married in real life. <gasps> mm-hmm. really? Still to this day, they've been married for 33 Aww. years. Did they, they meet on this they movie? They met on this oh movie. They started dating. They got married in 1990. One wow. year after the One movie? One year later. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a hot couple. <laughs> and they are still together to wow. this day. They have children That's and everything. Sweet. I love that, actually. I love that, too. Mm-hmm. Dan, and what's her name? Uh, her name is Lisa Fuller. Ever mm-hmm. happiness to you both, Dan mm-hmm. and Lisa. Yeah. Lisa. Louise goes to school, and instantly we get this startling reveal of Rhett and his little rap group singing, <laughs> oh my God. rapping the high school blues. Taking our time and we're feeling cool. Don't really need to be hanging in school. It's okay, we got nothing to lose. Can't you see, baby, it's a high school blues. The creepiest thing about this is that they clearly didn't get three people to do the actual song in the thing. And so it's like one guy's voice layered on top of each other. And it sounds like a demon possession. (laughs) (laughs) That musical number is by far the most cringe. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Because it comes out of nowhere. It it is literally startling. Like the scene just like (laughs) slams you into these guys in the hallway. It could be like any wider, wider. Mm -hmm. Of kids too, being like, we're trying to be literally hard. He's got like a cheesy fedora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like the rap. It was very confusing. The whole choice was confusing. They're kind of like the Greek chorus of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they're like the, the three, Hercules. the Hercules yeah. women. But they they only comment on like how cool they are. They're like, yeah. we're so funky. Get out of the way. <laughs> what does he say to Louise at her locker? He's like, are you even in high school? Exactly. Yeah. He he starts to hit on her. He says like, hey babe, whoa, are you even in high school? She's like, you're forty. How dare you? Yeah. I'm actually sixteen. She's like the youngest person she's in her supposed class. To, she's because she's so grade. smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah she skipped, skipped a grade skipped because a grade. she's so smart. She's a real brain. Which then didn't make sense to me that all of the. That her teacher doesn't like. Thank yeah. you. He's such I an agree. asshole. There. The teacher, I was. What was his name, Mister? Was with a Sweet. W. Oh, he, he was a up. psychopath, like Mister Weaver. Mister yeah. Weaver. Weaver. He picked up 
her birth control. Oh my that god, yeah. When he starts rifling through her purse. She goes, she's like, please don't go through my stuff. Yeah. And he's like, what do we have here? <laughs> it is weird to his credit. It is weird that she has a full birth control <laughs> with, with none taken and a hairdryer in her purse. But then he's like, saving it for later, wishful thinking. Yeah. Ew. It seems like he is like the biggest bully in this school. Mm, to totally, her, honestly. yeah. Absolutely. Like she's not really bullied by anybody else. Even the girls aren't really bullying her. That actually is one of my favorite things about the movie. Mm-hmm. Is it's like pretty real? Like I feel like Mean Girls really bully each other yeah. in real life, yeah. and they do. They don't yeah. care about you, no. Mm-hmm. And then they use you on occasion when they need to, but they're kind of nice about it. And that yeah. was this movie, except for the teacher. Did you yeah. ever have a teacher that just was like mean to you for no reason? No, my teachers loved you? me. Oh, Marissa, I here she goes. <laughs> I did have one experience where a friend of mine were sitting at lunch talking, and as we were talking, we were just putting, kind of mindlessly putting our food into our milk cartons but not even thinking about it like you we were weren't so even cool. yeah we were cool remember how i told you we were in different social groups yeah. so by the end like when the bell rang to go back to class we had like these nasty full milk cartons full of Bologna. excess food yeah peas and potatoes and stuff and we took it to the trash can to throw it away and the art teacher like swooped in and she was like drink it we we're like what are you talking about she's like your nasty little little milk cartons. Drink it. And she forced us That's both to take sips of this. abusive, I It feel. was, yeah. And we both literally almost threw up right there at the trash can. And I remember going home and telling my parents, and they were like, why did she do that? And I was like, I don't know. It was honestly kind of traumatized. That's yeah. horrible. I did have a PE teacher lock me in a janitor's closet. Damn. What? Yeah, his name was Mr. Blum, but we called him Mr. Bum. Uh-huh. And guy. he was bald, well, and he had a though. really shiny head. So uh-huh. we were constantly trying to sneak into his office because the rumor was that he used turtle wax on his head to make it shiny. I don't know. He was definitely bullied by the children. Um, But yeah. He he, had to strike back at somebody. He was wild. But what was the reasoning for locking you in this closet? um, Because we had to run run a mile and I like, he was making us play chicken, which was also kind of inappropriate. And I like was very small as a child and I injured my knee and I was like, I literally can't run the mile. Like I'm limping. And his way of like having me not be supervised (laughs) was locking me in the closet. Jesus. Wow. I didn't, I skipped class a lot, so I didn't really deal with teachers too often. (laughs) But when I did, I graduated 07 and our senior shirt was, hands that said 2007 which in sign language is the shocker symbol <gasps> wow so it's that's like, what 2007 well seven seven oh, is okay. that yeah. so i think I'm, <laughs> someone's gonna come for me <laughs> at least someone in my grade told us that and we all just accepted it as fact and we had a shirt that said like seniors 2007 it's yeah. sh- we're shocking or something Ooh, wow and i had a nice. teacher we all wore them we all got in trouble a teacher called me up and was like if you're so comfortable wearing that shirt, come and tell everyone in your class what it means. And I was like, no problem, baby. It's two fingers right up your <laughs> vagina. Two in the pink, one in, in the, the sting. sting. <laughs> one up your butt. He's like, sit down, sit down. <laughs> I had a cool shirt in high school that in big, bold, titanic letters, it said, the boat sank, get over it. <sighs> Too soon wow. with everything yeah. that just happened. Oh, that's happened. true. Yeah. Sorry, Dark. Dark. No. Dark. Our our class motto. <laughs> we were 2006, and we were the class. Oh, this feels very like this movie. We were the class of crunk. Oh yeah. K K R U N K crunk. That mm. was Justin Timberlake's favorite word. <laughs> Of in, what, the year 2004? In like his InSync official. <laughs> oh my God, he's so 
favorite word is crunk. Was it crunk a word drunk for crunk? Drunk and high. Yeah, crossfaded yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I God, always heard it as... A lot of us were. A lot of us were. Initially, I'd heard it as crazy drunk, but uh, then I've... Jack I'd, was too high off of the milk and bologna pea <laughs> mixture. Yeah, I was definitely not getting crunk at that point. Too. I really wasn't getting crunk until I met Corey. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> corrupted him. I did. Yeah, totally I corrupted did. me. <laughs> he had never done anything too bad, and then suddenly, every weekend, he was getting brought home drunk or high, and then he got grounded a lot. And my mom would be like, are you drunk right now? I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she would just be like, okay, go to bed. <laughs> but wait, I'm yeah. sorry, really quickly, if uh-huh. we can just go back to the first teacher scene. Yeah. The actual cruelest thing that I think he does is when he reads her diary. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he thinks it's a paper turned in, right? Do we after? Think that's well, what they're he talking thinks? about it's covered in cake. <laughs> yeah. It is serendipitous that they're talking about the romantic poets mm-hmm. oh but and that that like really hit me that was the most like where sucks. i could have cried yeah. almost it was so embarrassing because he is reading it with a lot of glee like he and knows you see, he's you fucking know, her brad's right there. i know mm-hmm. but also does she sign her diary louise that's what was my thought watching it i was like you just gave yourself away by storming off like it never oh, said yeah, yeah. Well, it actually never said her name mm-hmm. i but signed he- my diary every entry i said love Corey. oh <laughs> Just in Dear case your diary, diary yeah. and you're then writing to your diary. For one full year of my diary, I signed it at the end. I love Brandon Taylor. That was my first kiss. My first. That was your Brad. Yeah, that's a I cool guy name too. Yeah. yeah, Brandon. I also was a cool one name. time, <laughs> I like gave myself a paper cut. Like didn't mean to. I had a paper cut, and then <laughs> if you look back in my old diary, I put blood. Like my, I smeared my, oh my blood God. on a bunch of pages and I literally circled it and wrote, this is my love for Brandon Taylor. Like, this is my proof of love for Brandon Taylor. I was in fifth grade. I, mean, I was a psycho. We all relate. Yeah. We all did it. Yeah. Oh, at least you did it with your <laughs> my own, own blood. blood. Yeah. And not your like menstrual blood, that's I true. guess. That's true. So let's talk about that first musical sequence. It's in the locker room. We get to meet Randa and her little like gang of Kiki and Sean. Such good names. I love Kiki for whatever reason. Like of the three girls, she's my favorite. She's an amazing actress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for Kiki. Which she's, one was Kiki? She's the one who says, hey, cheerleaders, oh. I got the new cheer. <laughs> She also reminds me of like the sister in Dirty Dancing. Like yeah. she kind of has. Yeah. She totally does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she presses play on a boombox and says, "I like boys." And then they go to this huge like Busby Berkeley dance number. They're like dancing on top of the locker. Everyone goes wild. They're like, "You know what we're gonna do? I'll be the legs. You be the top. Yeah, Let's get naked." And the choreography is good. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Pretty intricate. That's the funniest part when they're like shuffling behind the towel. Yeah, back it's very inventive because one of the girls is floating. I'm like, are they witches? <laughs> They're standing up on the shower. Like. Yeah, one, there's one where like they're stacked on top of each other in like a long towel, and so yep. it's like eight feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> they do this weird like Stretch Armstrong thing with one of their sweaters. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's like, ah, like she's getting pulled in yeah. half. <laughs> and I'm like, that girl had no lines. And but she was like, this is my moment. She's for like, a second, I'm getting my SAG card from the this vibe movie. of this scene, I thought was gonna be that maybe they were witches because Louise is there. She's watching. Just 
just kind of from the corner. Just she's literally her eyes. <laughs> well, she's just come from a scene where she's been ridiculed for liking boys, and now she's in this group of girls who are all celebrating that they like boys and doing weird sort of magical stuff. So I was like, are they about to like bring her into the fold you because she's one of them? Yeah. She's probably like, you guys are wasting all these towels. We have to go to gym. She was like probably nerding uh, out about the sure. time. She's too big of a nerd, honestly. She has she has to to change to evolve. <laughs> Bob Bannis did the choreography for the sequence, and he was a legit dancer. He was in West Side Story. He was also in Mary Poppins, and then he became a famous uh, choreographer. So that was actually like a true blue uh, talent that they had. On it shows. Movie. That's where yeah. the budget yeah. went. You, and I think it sure. only went to this sequence because yeah. there's really not any other. Other than like general rap dancing, yeah. there's not that much more choreography. There's a lot there. of double take looks. Yes. Where they'll look and turn away really fast and then look again really hard. Yeah. And I like the color scheme of the scene too. Like I like that they're all in their little purple leotard swimsuit they're things. They're so hot in their leotard. They're mm-hmm. so hot. This is like leotard. one of the sexier scenes from a male perspective. Um, oh, from I enjoyed a, it. From a female. Because yeah. 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 like where are their pubes? Those leotards go <sighs> so yeah. high up where I'm like, are you wearing pantyhose? Like 80s pantyhose I with feel that? like they have to be, right? Because they're all smooth and there's mm-hmm. no razor bumps. And they're perfect. They're mostly pretty good dancers, although there is one girl that's like kind of on the right. <laughs> the blonde. The really main keep... the main girl. Is it, is it Randa? Yes. Yeah. She's just like standing by the it's locker. Right before way. they do the lipstick <laughs> yes. motion, she has a full moment where she doesn't know where she is. <laughs> wow. Uh, fun fact, Larry Weir, the composer, got his family members to sing most of these songs, and his 11-year-old niece is the main singer of I Like Boys. Cute. So the voice you're hearing is of an 11-year-old. That makes sense. Probably stacked onto each other as well. <laughs> Brad almost hits Louise with her car at one point. Oh, and yeah. this Manslaughter. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting sequence. He's he's pretty nice to her. He tries to help her, but she denies Ew, it. Why does she deny yeah, it? Yeah, it seems like the perfect moment. I mean, Randa's right up the hill. Yeah, she'd so have maybe to put her bike in his convertible. Ditch yeah. the bike. She's just kind of embarrassed. Okay, I'm so sorry, but I also have to, I have to point out another scene that you skipped over hmm. here. The drama club scene where they're auditioning That's for right. oh, yes, yeah. that's a very important scene. I feel like yeah. um, what you play guys are in? they auditioning? Oh for, yeah, that never like is paid off. It either. seems like it's supposed to be like a Romeo and Juliet or something. Yeah, like that, that, that feels like true. a deleted scene because yeah. later on in the movie she ends up getting the role because she accidentally breaks the leg of Kiki. Right, but we don't get and to Kiki see her do the performance. Like a Shakespearean looking outfit. Kiki? Kiki is when she like gets her leg broken. Well, and Brad is the one she's got to audition with in this audition scene. Yeah, wait, so jocks are are cool and they're allowed to be in theater? Exactly. It's so confused. <laughs> um, were you you guys both did musical theater? I oh. did, Marissa did not. Oh. I w- I did it secretively um like through a community theater and I didn't tell anyone oh. because I thought it was lame to be in in oh, drama, she and was I, right. I cared but mostly you, about popularity. You liked it. You just thought it was it lame from secretively. a social standpoint. Yeah, would never do it at school. I was the lead of my junior and senior musical. Hell yeah, you were. I did stagecraft, so I was a little behind the scenes. Oh, I could totally see that. What musicals? <laughs> what were you the lead? Which I was uh, Little Red Riding Hood, which I guess is an ensemble, not totally the lead, but, but it's one of the leads yeah, for sure. Counts. And that one I was very good in, and I'm very proud of that performance. Mm-hmm. But the senior year, they picked the pajama game. Interesting choice. And I was the ingenue, and I'm just not. <laughs> and my, I just remember there's a picture of the uh, other lead. His name is Danny Abash. He actually is a musical writer. He wrote Goosebumps the Musical. Oh, cool. He's, like, killing it out in New York. He had to lift me 
off the ground, like, you know, yeah. hold me like a baby, but a romantic baby. And he, like, couldn't get my ass off the ground. So my butt is, like, two inches from the floor <laughs> as he's, like, kissing me. Oh, it really made me feel weird. And also, I worked at a tanning salon, so I was so dark. And they put me in a black wig. And everyone thought I was a woman of color. Wow. So they kept, like, commenting on it in all of the... And I went to a really white high school. Early 2000s. It was, like... The tanning beds where you couldn't mm-hmm. you couldn't get away from them with a the little sticker like the little Playboy bunny sticker. Oh yeah, I had all put, of those. Yeah, yeah, I remember it well. I'm glad you brought up this scene too because it's very it's kind of on the nose, but they it's like essentially establishing the themes of the movie because in her audition she's like, I can make your armor come off with just my yeah. words, yeah. and I can open your arms with just my mind, and so she's kind of like doing some witchy shit. In and that they scene. almost kiss. Yes, yes. she honestly crushed. She really should yeah. have gotten. She that should role. have gotten the role. We for didn't sure. see Kiki's but audition, Kiki, and we know Kiki's audition was good. Yeah, yeah. Kiki's was probably good. <laughs> it just remind like the this movie does hold a lot of nostalgia. Not necessarily because I watched this movie a lot growing up, but it did just like bring me back, back to high mm-hmm. school. Like yeah. drama, I, I remember just like it being in the plays too. That's where you could really let like your boy crazy fantasies run wild because you'd be like, oh, well, we have to be in rehearsal together mm-hmm. or like maybe we're going to have to kiss or, you know. They give was- her the part right there on the spot too, right? Don't they give Kiki the spot right yeah, there? Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. It's kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you're popular. Yeah. People want to see you. People yeah. will come. You got it. It also reminded me of this time. In co- this was when I was a freshman in college and I had gotten called back for like the main stage show. It was a very big deal. And this is so inappropriate and creepy to think about now. But like the director was a man. Okay, fine. <laughs> but that's so inappropriate. No, the director was a man. I'm 18, a freshman in college. And I was called back for like one of the lead girls who is going to have to kiss somebody in the play. But for the callback, he lined up the other nine guys who were like called back for this role or whatever. And I had to do the scene with each of them and kiss every single one of them down the line. Like, no. And Did the they guy give just you watched. Brad Tongue? They didn't. And at the time, I was actually like, this fucking rules. <laughs> but we were dating. We were. <laughs> That's why and I, got, and I remember thinking, I was like, yeah. I have to tell Jack I had to kiss all these guys, but it was for my art, Jack. So. Yeah, you Jack. like to you like to threaten me for like me potentially having an on set showman's, but I'll I'm like, you. I have had to deal with you making out with guys my whole. Also, Jack's a director, so if he was kissing a bunch of girls on set, it'd be super inappropriate. Yeah, I gotta, Thank you. I gotta, you know, I can't ask my actors to do things that I can't. <laughs> That's the rule. My first on screen kiss was in a TV show. I guess not. Well, I had stage kisses but like I didn't care they were all with the dorks in my musical sorry Danny but they're all the dorks (laughs) in my musical theater company you know in high school so I had to kiss someone for idiots that are like maybe three years ago or Mm -hmm. like kind of recently uh I feel like your first on-screen kiss was maybe me oh that's right and that was (laughs) how dare we okay rude we (laughs) had to make out like hardcore on force what make Mm -hmm. out we Mm -hmm. and had to we created the show (laughs) but that's the only roles they would let us play because they had like barely a line between the two Uh of them so like you guys can play these two did it change your relationship Yes. It did because Selena, up until that point, every time we would get drunk, she would try to hook up with me. 
And then it was like moment of truth. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of buildup to it. She was so nervous. And I kept being like, we have to practice. Like we can't do it for the first time in front of everyone. Yeah. And I would get close to her mouth and then she would like dart out of the room. She was wow. so scared. I did not like it. And then after making out for like two hours straight, I think it, she was like, okay, we changed you. Yeah. We did it. I never tried to hug up with her anymore. Yeah. I kind of miss it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Corey's first on-screen kiss was with one of her good friends, Ryan Lacan. Oh my God, yeah. For the show that I was directing. We wasn't directing that episode, but yeah, my first on-screen camera when Ryan Lagod. Do you know, guys know him? I know he's your yeah, friend yeah, yeah. from he's your like, Instagram. Yeah, he's like my writing and directing partner that we've done several shorts together. But we got cast as a couple on the show, and it's so funny because we had a long-running um, like web series that we did called Corey and Ryan in a Car, where we were like a married couple, and it was just us improvising. So we were like playing a couple all the time, but we're such like Never platonic kissed. best friends, like nothing, obviously. He's married, I'm married, all the things. But we got cast on this thing and realized that there was like a makeout scene in it. And oh my God, it makes me like cringe thinking of it because also, so we like flew to Atlanta together, like, you know, we're like having a good time and like, no, like, but neither one of us would talk about it. We we're like, we're, we're just not talking about it. We're not, it's just going to have to happen. And that is exactly how it happened. Like on set, they'd be like, okay, so the kiss is going to happen. And we just looked at each other and we were like, mm-hmm. and we would kiss. And then the second they would call cut, we would like break away. Still to this day, have never talked about it. We're just like, oh, that's weird. It's so funny because I was able to see the dailies. Because he had directed the first half of that season. So he could see all the dailies and you can say what it seemed like. Yeah, it was just funny. Like every every single take, they would fully make out and they would call cut and they just like wouldn't look at each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, cool, What cool, else do cool, you guys cool. see? Oh, that uh-huh. look good? Oh, you do it again? Yeah, we'll do it again. You just go back. You would not acknowledge each other at all. Making out with your platonic soulmate is not recommended. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so strange. Mm-hmm. I honestly like can't like even talking about it right now. I'm like, this is weird. This is weird. Change the subject. <laughs> Justin and I have kissed before in, in scenes, but never like a full blown makeout. It's more like a comedic kissing. Mm, yeah, we had to like be kissing and walking like as if we were walking to a bedroom. So it was like oh, a long. Too. It was like into a sex uh-huh. scene. Yeah, that's actually going to make me very nervous one day if I ever have to do a set. I'm just like not. I feel the same way I did about having sex in real life. Like mm. I felt not ready and yeah. nervous. Yeah. Well, that's what intimacy coordinators are for. That's nowadays. right. That's mm-hmm. true. You know they did not have that on this movie. <laughs> oh, no. And they essentially do have a sex scene. That's why she fingers his his t-shirt. <laughs> she like was like, I don't know where to go or wh- who I am. Um, so yeah, Brad almost uh, mulls her over with a car. And then she ends up like coming upon this old haunted house that is occupied by... Madame Serena. Serena. I will say that this is the first time watching it. I realized how much there's crazy ADR. When she's hit by that bike, she goes, the ADR goes, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no way she said, oh no, when she fell. Uh, and we meet Zelda Rubenstein. By the way, that house is also the house from Thriller. I've been to that house before. Justin and I scouted cool. it one time. Where? It's here in LA? In Echo Park. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, when she goes through the beaded doorway. Yeah. At watching it this time, I was like, oh, that that scene was my inspiration because I had beads on my doorway. Oh, nice. too. I always wanted so them. cool. I always wanted them, but never had. Like, it wasn't like a thing where you would walk through Walmart and see beads for Limited, too. They had yeah. them. Oh, I need Claire's. 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 Spencer's. I think that's where I got mine. Mm-hmm. Those type of places. Uh, yeah, Zelda Rubenstein is really funny. Madame Serena. <laughs> That's a little golem-y. (laughs) Pretty good. 
What did you say your name was? Louise Miller. Miller. It's you. What do you mean, it's me? You're not a mark. You're one of us. One of who? You will receive these powers on your 16th birthday. What powers? Strange things will start to happen, but you must trust me. Trust me? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Do you think this takes place in the same universe as Poltergeist? I never she's saw Poltergeist. She's essentially playing the same character. She yeah, is she's, essentially playing the same character. She's pretty Maybe that's why she has no magic left because she used yeah. it all for Poltergeist. <laughs> she seems a little drunk in this movie to me. Like, I wonder if for, she was just she like fully drunk showing up on movie. set. And because there are times when her eyes are kind of wandering. Like, my favorite <laughs> uh, Zelda part is Breakfast Club when she's the organist. Oh, I don't. Oh my oh, wait, yeah, god! I, I totally forgot, forgot about, about that. that. Yeah. It's a small part, but it really makes an impact. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she reads her palm. She says. You're one of us. <laughs> okay. No, I don't she want to know that. She has a accent. <laughs> she tells again. her that she's going to receive uh, her powers on her 16th birthday, and then it immediately smash cuts to her 16th birthday. Uh, then there's kind of like a funny sex ed scene that I liked. Where Condem. It, again, that also feels like it's going to become a bigger sequence, but really it's just a chance for us to meet Rhett again, and he stands yeah. up and says, a Roger, a love one, joystick, dong, zipper lizard, tallywhacker, trouser snake, schlong. I did love that part. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good scene, but it's also like she's not even. Honestly, in the scene. this scene I also thought was like kind of progressive. Like the the teacher is not saying abstinence. She's yeah. saying use yeah, a condom. Yeah, she's saying here's a condom. Did y'all have like high school sex ed? Yes. Oh, I yeah. I had, mm-hmm. I had a, a elementary school sex ed, but not We high did school. too, but it was a little different. High school sex ed was like gonorrhea and gambling Ooh, addiction it's a little more scary, <laughs> yeah, scary it was fear factor. if you have sex you're also gonna become yeah. an addict <laughs> that was more for me i went to catholic school up until high school mm. so the uh, catholic school sex ed was literally just print out pictures of stds mm-hmm. and like print out not even like on a <laughs> no like an eight by on 10. a projector well, yeah. no, no, no eight by ten pictures like this is herpes pass around um Where we never gave us condoms <laughs> Uh, in Bellingham, Washington, okay. right on the Canadian border. Did you get condoms? Yes. Mm-hmm. In high school, yeah. We never got, they didn't ever hand that out. No, it seems like. Well, yeah, we had no. that for car accidents. Like, I remember somebody coming in and being like, wear your seatbelt, showing us nasty pictures. And giving you pictures. condoms to be yeah, like, then, no. then giving us condoms at the end of it. We had something called, I don't remember what it was called, but it was for car accidents. We had, every four years, they stopped doing this since. Had a actors play students or play like, you know, they were students, but they were actors playing students. <laughs> um, it was theater actors. Oh. And they would get into a car crash on the football field. It was like an assembly, but it was very realistic. And we had a helicopter land and like what? airlift somebody out wow. to show you like <gasps> what could happen if you drunk drive. Now, where did you grow up? Where was this high school? John Hughes tech country, baby. I went wow. North Chicago. Shore suburbs of Chicago. Okay. They don't have to traumatize students like that anymore nowadays. No, they're like fentanyl. It's all you're just going to die. Yeah. Immediately. Well, we had. I we find that to... most youngsters don't seem to want to drive anymore. Uber. <laughs> Uber like and Lyft. Oh, <laughs> we had this thing in our high school. Do you remember this, Jack? It was, um, we went to a performing arts high school. So I feel like the theater kids, I don't know, they really let us run wild with some things. <laughs> but this was like, somehow supposed to be like an anti-war thing. And so it was like right before lunch, they, it was like a performance art piece. It was right before lunch. They like got over the intercoms and they were like, Selena, Marissa, Jack, 
Corey and we'd like get up from class and it was like supposed to be like we were being drafted and then when people came out (laughs) to lunch in the middle of the courtyard they had it like where people couldn't walk through us and we were like (laughs) bloody and as if we had been through war like dying dead on the battlefield and it was like this is what war is really like, guys. So be anti-war. I don't even know what anti-war the point of it was. Anti-war for Arkansas. I was about to pretty. say, thinking about that in the South in general, like that they would have anything that would not just paint Maybe war as a beautiful thing. Maybe it wasn't straight up thing. anti-war, but it's like this could ha- I don't, I truly can't even remember what it was for. They were really it was anti-draft. Just for yeah. They wanted you to sign and list. Yeah. yeah. Not wait to be called. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> theater kids are just the worst. It was probably a theater kid's idea. A hundred percent. We get to meet Miss Malloy, who we talked about. Uh, her, is that her theater teacher? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's the best. Marsha Wallace. Cool. I knew her from the Bob Newhart show, which is another show that oh, I watched. Oh, that's on, how uh, I know Nick her. Mm-hmm. When Louise goes, I love you. And she goes, hmm. <laughs> That's lovely, dear. Like, she can't yeah. respond because she's, she's, she's an appropriate yeah, teacher. Yeah. <laughs> she's the best. Even though I do feel really bad uh-huh. when she's like, you didn't get the role, but you did get, you get to be the assistant the costume. costume. Yeah. No, I was like, she doesn't even get another part. <laughs> no. I was like, I would be like, fuck you. I'm not being the costumer. And it's like the costume apprentice or something. Yeah, too. that actually did happen to me once when, again, when I was doing summer stock at uh-huh. that same ghost place, I didn't get in all of the plays. And so they were like, I got in like two of the three. And in the third one, I had to like work in the costume shop. But I, and I think I must've lied to them. I was like, yeah, I can sew. Not at all. <laughs> and every day I would go to the bathroom and fall asleep in there. And she, <laughs> the costumer asked me, she was like, do you have IBS? I was like, Mm-hmm. You were yeah. like, none of your goddamn <laughs> yeah, I business. Do. I do. And she's like, okay. I'd be sleepy. Because I would just go and I would put my hands like on my knees and fall asleep and I'd have marks on my face and come back like an hour later like, yeah, I just had to take a long shit. <laughs> Those were the days when you could just nap sitting up with oh your my God. hands on your knees. Yeah. The way that I would nap at school was really bad for me, honestly, because it would like put me, I would pretzel myself onto the desks to go to sleep. Kinda, like a crumpled up spider because yeah. you're so tall. And then I would wake up with all these marks on my face. And the worst was when you'd wake up with a boner and then you'd have to like immediately get up. And so I, that, that was the times when I would wear my backpack on the front. <laughs> I'm Why feeling kooky right now. Books. I'm going to wear my backpack on Why the front. Why wouldn't you just tuck your boner into your jeans belt buckle like a normal kid? In the belt buckle? <laughs> what are you talking about? She means pointed up. Well... <laughs> you can't just, your dick's too small. You can't, no, you can't just reach into your pants in the middle of class and pull your dick under your belt. Buckle. My husband told me that's what he did. <laughs> and you guys are similar lengths of height. I don't think it would make that big. I mean, I guess the belt buckle would hold it back. I guess it didn't occur to me. Oh, so you just wore your backpack on the front. Yeah. I'd be like, you have a boner. We all know it, you dork. I would like really drag ass kid. Everybody would hop up and I'd be like, ah, I guess I got to get my shit together over here. And I'm going to load this in my backpack. Poor Jack. <laughs> um, and she also receives her amulet necklace in this scene. I wore a long necklace with a little thing. Oh, just your power. My power. Now, does she not have power without the amulet or does she that, have it anyways? That's very unclear. It channels her power. <laughs> yeah. It finds her and harnesses her power, but she did have power without the amulet. Okay. Well, that's good to know because I, when she throws it away at the end, I'm like, so is she not like a powerful witch anymore? Not, maybe she still can do some stuff. <laughs> not as much stuff. Um, we get our first dance sequence is the harvest dance. Cute. 
theme for a dance very. by the way. Yeah, I liked it. And it feels very Halloween too. She goes with this total fucking creeper that's like this kind of rapey cousin Ugh. of, of Randa David. <laughs> he has great hair. I do yeah. think he's in a that. different movie. Like yeah. he even, is in a different movie. <laughs> even with how crazy everyone else is, even with Kiki. Like she he's opened, still She opens the door and the first thing he does is burp in her face. Yeah. <laughs> also he wanted he was it was a little confusing because he was like classic nerd, uh-huh. but then was like, should we smoke weed? Yeah. Yes. And also like, hey, baby, let's let me grab your car too. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, I'm I've got a heart on like a hog yeah. in the fourth of July. Yeah, he's and a then when she character. when Brad's like sorry about him, she's like, ah, oh, he wasn't that bad. Like he's just she like, made him disappear. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. doesn't want him to know. Wow. She was Great like, he, I told him to get lost and he just disappeared. Brad's like, what? And she's like, what? I know. And that <laughs> did make me think like he never came back. Because Brad was a little bit like, People are huh, like, where is he? Yeah. We Brad's- haven't seen him since. <laughs> yeah. There's a side story here about a missing boy. Uh, when she gets to the, uh, she goes in this kind of like dorky outfit that her parents really like. But when she gets there, she changes into a newer, cooler outfit. Did y'all ever do that? No, my parents were not strict about what I wore. Yeah. I had friends whose parents were. So Same. it would be like my house was the getting ready house. Like mm-hmm. everyone would come over and ch- and change. And yeah. dress like little whores. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my best friend, her dad wouldn't let her wear certain things. And she would like bring an outfit in her backpack sometimes mm-hmm. to school and stuff. I had um, triple D titties in high school. Nice. Real big <laughs> bags. And I wore the same. I didn't even dress that crazy but because my boobs were like a thousand pounds they just weighed down even like turtlenecks that I had so much (laughs) cleavage (laughs) so I was constantly getting in trouble at school for being Uh, provocatively dressed I'm like I'm wearing a gap body and a playtex bra underneath and they were like change so my husband's a teacher I'm very sensitive when he like tells me he, he had a student who wore a jumbo's clown room t-shirt like Uh not even revealing but Mm. it had you know the girl in a glass yeah in the martini glass yeah and he made her change and i was like she will remember that forever I saw it happen to a couple of girls in high school where they were for because their midriff was showing. Measured, they were yeah. so hardcore about the three inch rule. Arkansas. Uh, when uh. I was in Catholic school, they would measure our skirts. Yeah. the The thing to do was like have your skirt the correct length, mm-hmm. but have it slightly too big so you could roll it. Roll. And then when you walk by the office, you'd unroll it. Smart. Or you could have tiny little weird arms like I do. And when you put your arms down, it just fit, even though your skirt was really short. They made us kneel and measured from the skirt <sighs> to the so ground. Gross. So that yeah. trick would not have worked. Yeah. They hated our little teen vaginas. They really did. As they leave the party, uh, what's the what's the creepy blind date's name again? David. David, David essentially tries to like rape her, rape yes. her in the car. Yeah. He said, "Give so me a aggressive. kiss. I won't bite." Yeah, yeah and he's dry, he's like going to crash the car too. Mm-hmm. And she says, "I wish you would just leave me alone." And then he zaps away, and she, awesome. she has to like control the car after that, and then kind of dumps the car. It's essentially like a scene you would get in a movie where like Thelma and Louise where they accidentally murder somebody <laughs> and then she's got to like dump the fucking evidence. It's Brad's car. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So yeah. he gets oh, it. Yeah, it is Because they go car. to someone's party uh-huh. or something. Yeah. He fingered that car so hard when he was waiting for her in the parking lot. I'll never forget which car it is. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah, she doesn't really know what she did. She goes home. Uh, her brother starts to fucking 
antagonizer. She calls him an unbelievable pig. He says, I am rubber, you're glue. What do you say sticks back on you? Which to me is not the... That's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah. and she He's repeats missing him. the bouncing Yeah, part. bounces off of me and, and sticks, sticks to you. But she totally repeats agree. him verbatim. Yes. Yeah. It was probably just written that way in the script. But yeah, he. you have to say, I am rubber, you are glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks on you. Yeah. Again, though, he's dealing with a lot of food issues. He's cooking everything in the kitchen and His made mind isn't right. a complete mess. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, again, he is making more dessert cake in this in this sequence this one was like maybe a pizza yeah it was a yeah pizza. It was. but he was putting marshmallows on it yeah right? it was like really some confusing. sort of thing on there and there was pizza sauce all over yes. the cupboards he was wearing an apron <laughs> yeah thank, he went from really hiding his food habits so to, like but mom wasn't open. home she said you better clean this up because i don't want to hear mom yell at you <laughs> so it was clearly <laughs> a so sad. An issue. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he calls her a dog multiple times, and then all of a sudden, he turned into a dog. You're a dog. <laughs> You're a dog. <laughs> You're a dog. Yeah. And then the bathtub is just full of people. Well, he knew he was going to make a big mess, so maybe he drew himself a tub. Uh, it would be ice cold by the time that boy got it. <laughs> Nothing fits his character better than when he somehow gets the costume of a bellboy that like, oh is God. tailored yes. to perfection. And that honestly made him even more unnerving. Nerving to me. It's just like I can't. There is something this. haunting about him. A lot of times, <laughs> Poor we'll talk, guy. when <laughs> no. we revisit these movies, we will usually like revisit the sort of obnoxious characters and be sort of like, I kind of liked them. Yeah, that's happened in it's most. Happened of these almost movies. every time. Yeah, not this one. No. I, I had him. like a, yeah. You I like had the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I wanted Reaction. a little more of him. Honestly, the accent is really fun. It's something. <laughs> um, no one's coming to your sweet 16th birthday party, Louise. <laughs> we kind of get like a fun, uh, like a fun and games montage with her powers. Madam Serena shows her that she can make money. With and her she powers. just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But you probably wouldn't at that age. What are you talking about? It is mall culture. Yeah. yeah but she immediately had all these amazing outfits yeah, afterward. That's anyway, true. she I don't didn't know need where the those money. Came from. Yeah, I was gonna say the <laughs> part you, of the spell with the powers that she has. Like yeah. she could, seems like. I would be living a different life. But also, all she cares, she is horny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the only thing she cares mm-hmm. about. Also, she's Brad. from a very wealthy family. What her mom true. gives yeah, her that, that sweater, yeah. she yeah. specifically says, is yeah. very expensive. Yeah. Always something you want to hear when you're unwrapping a gift <laughs> yeah. from mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she uses a spell book to make Rhonda and Kiki and Sean only speak the truth to each other. So it's kind of like a liar, liar scenario. So good. The things they say. Yeah. But again, I felt bad for Kiki because she kind of gets the brunt of the, they call her mom an alky. They push her into a pool. <laughs> they go, everyone thinks your mom's a total joke. <laughs> is what they said. They tell her that her voice sucks. Uh-huh. It's mean. They're, They're pretty, pretty deep. rough. But Kiki has like a lot of self-esteem. She goes, that's not true. She like stands <laughs> the yeah, She's my favorite of those characters. I mean, she yeah. is the lead in the school play. Yeah. So. yeah. She knows she's, what she's got. She's talented. She knows it. Then we get a really, really weird sequence. This was through me a lot. She she invites Brad over to study. <laughs> the and the first thing he does when he walks into the room, he goes, where are all the chairs? I had that exact same. I was like, <laughs> who, who has, has chairs in their chairs? bedroom? And then yeah. it's like a game where like her brother comes in. <laughs> and her dad. And her dad. And, and they're all going, where are all the chairs? And she finally is like, fine, I'll reveal it. And she has like a hundred chairs in her closet. Why? Is, are we supposed to think her room is just filled with these chairs normally? And why would someone assume? Like Brad has never been it in makes her room. no fucking sense. She goes, they're getting reupholstered. <laughs> like a 16-year-old would fucking... 
know that. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote that. I think they thought this would be a really funny gag. <laughs> Honestly, it was. It is funny, but only because it makes zero sense. But she gives up on like her spell so easily. And yeah. She's like, please just sit on the bedside. I'm like, this oh, room. My God. favorite part is that the li- Brad comes in. He's like, how oh, are we going to study with the it's so dim in here? And she takes off the orange light covers yeah. and the lighting is so, so intense. Right. So, yeah. Right, yeah. so intense. I'm like, holy shit, it just went from night to day. Yeah. You could tell they just like clicked on the little dimmer box. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The teacher again is like absolutely horrible to her. And so she makes like a voodoo doll. This is the him. weirdest scene though. Like his physical comedy though. He's pretty funny. Slaps. Yeah, yeah. Like the way he walks into the fucking what oh, is it, the car, car wash yeah. sideways <laughs> and like stomps. Yes. His yeah. The car wash is great. I see, I kind of like all the concepts of the voodoo doll because usually when somebody makes a voodoo doll, they just start sticking it with a pin and then people are like, ah, my butt hurts. But she starts taking the doll's clothes off, which then forces him to start stripping. Yeah. And so she kind of creates this embarrassing scenario where he strips in front of the class and then gets busted by another teacher. But doesn't get fired. Doesn't no. seem to get fired. My yeah. favorite part is that in order to remove his boxers, he sticks both his thumbs <laughs> inside his boxers. I was like, what the f- This is how you take off your boxers? <laughs> Three, two. <laughs> yeah. And then I really like too that they don't stop there. I've never seen this done in a movie before where the voodoo doll then kind of gets passed around. Uh-huh. So then there's a sequence where like the mom kicks the voodoo doll or the, the brother, brother kicks the voodoo doll down the stairs. And so you see him go rolling down the stairs in another place. And then the mom takes it and just like, oh, this thing's dirty and sticks because it in a washing machine. Yeah. Had food all over. <laughs> yeah. There was a missed opportunity with the ice cream falling on the doll with uh-huh. like a huge bird shitting oh, on his face. Oh, that would have been great. Really that was a good punch up. That was mm-hmm. a good punch up. And she, yeah, she throws it into a washing machine, which causes him to What's walk into movie? a car. There's wash. another witch movie that has that's uh has a voodoo doll that's like really funny. What the fuck? We a just funny watched it. Doll. Oh, with Jack Nicholson. What's oh, the, the witch? witches of Eastwick? That yes. is great. Yeah, oh, and they start said, spitting yes. the cherry One seeds on it, makes them throw up. That's a really good voodoo. doll It is scene. a good voodoo doll scene. Yeah, I love watching witch movies because I'm always sort of introduced to concepts that play kind of fast and loose with the mythology of powers, and you get some like creative invention in that. It's always kind of inspiring. Fun fact, we, as part of our, our deal with for our show Foursome, mm-hmm. got a blind deal with Awesomeness TV, and they were like, come back and do the fourth season. And we were like, only if you give us our own show to act in. And they were like, okay. And our show <laughs> that we developed for them was called Witch with a B, mm. which is a joke on the word bitch. Batch. I love it. Um, And everyone collectively hated it. It's so weird because I was literally just thinking in my head, do you guys have a witch? Like I'm like when I think of it, I honestly yeah, think like, oh yeah, I bet they have a we witch movie twice. or we a tried teen a lot. witch show. We also did a music uh, musical number called Witch with a B. Oh, that's right. To try and sell, the, <laughs> yeah. but then we turned it into a movie. I think we just thought it was a funny title and maybe yeah. we didn't have a good story. At some point, you guys have to write a witch movie. It feels like we'll revisit it. Yeah, yeah. Justin think- and I developed a witch show called Twat. Which stood for that witch over there. <laughs> That's cute. And That's it was cute. kind of like a teen witch. When we kind first of concept. were like taking generals, everyone was telling us about this spec called Dick uh, on a Broomstick. Yeah. It was mm. a, about a boy witch. Oh, <laughs> love it. Great title. That's fun. <laughs> that is a good title. Yeah, no broom in this movie. Come on, give us a broom. Yeah, and on the there's cover, no she's sitting on a broom. Maybe there's no there's, witch's hat. Maybe there's a broom behind all the chairs in the closet. That's true. That's, That's probably point. where she keeps her brooms. That's where it is. But some of us out there are looking for broom content. A <laughs> little bit of sweep, sweep. 
Um, <laughs> the first two noises, I did not understand. I didn't either. Are you kissing the broom? I thought you were going to go into a rap. <laughs> no, that comes next. Top oh. that. We get to the top that sequence here. Oh, man. This... This sequence, though, iconic. it's so iconic. good. Thank you God for these reshoots. I'm king, and they know it. When I snap my fingers and these bodies say short, I'm hot, and you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot. Top that. Let's go back the other way. No, just, just go up and, and talk to him. Are you kidding? I'm so embarrassed. Look at how funky he is. I'm hot. You're not. If you want to get with me, I will give it one shot. Top that. <laughs> Which is nice of him to give it one shot, at least. Yeah. I love how Polly's like, I actually have a huge crush yes. on so, him. But he's so funky. He's so, I'll never be that. I'll she's never saying, I'll be, be hip. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, those guys are not hip. Uh, and in an interview with um, the actress Mandy Ingber, who plays Polly, she said that because these were reshoots, they told her on the day, hey, you have a crush on Rhett in the scene. And she was like, I hadn't been playing that at all in any of the other sequences that we shot for this movie. And they're like, well, for this scene, you have a crush on Rhett. <laughs> like, wow. Doesn't matter. Uh, so that explains why she's suddenly so enamored with him. To be fair, we don't notice her like reacting to him. The only yeah. times we really focus on it is when she's at the dance with her other dorky friends that we've never seen. Yeah. And they're like, it could be worse. You could have been here with that guy. Which makes me wonder if maybe that was a reshoot too, since she said that she had never intended to have a crush on him. But I don't at know, the end, that's the dance. Yeah, exactly. It's like it seems like it would have been shot in the in the original version. Yeah. Of it. And she does say like, I don't know, he's pretty he's hot. He's got something. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she ends up making Polly a good ass rapper and go over and get into a rap <laughs> battle Debatable. with Red. Yeah. Supersonic, idiotic, disconnected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go and top that? Such a waste, a pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that, top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that, top that, stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. I think she does a pretty good job. Honestly. She does. She's she does. better than She's him. She's better than him. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what they're referring to in the trailer when they say. Yes. Yeah, her friend cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. For, just for once. <laughs> yeah. she, makes, she makes her friend cool in a very specific scenario that's not cool to anyone else no. yeah. outside of that scenario. And for all the actors involved were extremely embarrassed by how cool they were being forced <laughs> yeah. to act. There. And do you think these are their voices? I know for a fact they're not their voices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the, it's they, Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and yeah, this is this is an iconic sequence that even if you've never seen this movie, you've probably seen this yeah. clip mm-hmm. show up somewhere. Um, it's so cringy, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of the soundtrack, the soundtrack was supposed, they they put a lot of emphasis in the music of it and soundtracks were huge at this time. And so the intention was to make a little extra money by releasing a soundtrack. But because the movie did so bad, they just pulled the plug on everything. So there was oh, never, never actually a, a physical release of this soundtrack, never came out on vinyl, on tape. And so everything that exists is either on YouTube and usually that's like recorded from the movie itself. But there is now a play or, or sorry, a musical. I think it's off off Broadway musical. Yeah, it never made it to Broadway. Um, I don't even think it meant made it to off Broadway. <laughs> um, and you can find like four, the four main songs mm-hmm. basically on there. It's not as good, but yeah. it gives it popular girl is pretty fun. And I like boys is pretty fun. The rest of them aren't as fun. Yeah. Um, and also this woman, Colleen Smith does a show at the groundlings every once in a while. Mm-hmm. 
that has a lot of fun and okay. the music. Okay, yeah. next time you see that, let's all go. Oh, yes. love. And a lot of this stuff has been embraced by like drag culture too. You know, yeah. You see this pop up on every now and then. And then Louise decides that the best way to get Brad's heart would be to use a spell to make literally everybody fall in love with her. Yeah, huge plot hole. Well, to also to be fair, she had to like sprinkle shit on her bed and say like, Bradham and Deandam, I hope mm. Brad loves you. Like to his face. But she did it. Yeah, she, she did already it. did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it. You might as well follow through. He's like, yeah. watch. Like, oh, nothing. And he Let's seems get the like he's willing and ready to like give it a shot. Yeah, like, Brad's a good guy. Brad's yeah. a good guy, but he does tell her flat out to her face that every guy wants to date the most popular girl in high school. That's true. Just that's facts. His, that's, that's just facts. It's just social. Yeah. yeah. And then there's that sequence of popular girl where she's double taking into the camera again with like new hair and new outfits. Yes, yeah. She gets us into this montage where we get to where see she becomes tons of a outfits. bad person. Yeah. <laughs> I sing that song, like Marissa says, when I drive my convertible a lot, and I'll blast it. And then if someone catches me with it, I'll pretend I'm on the phone singing it to them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a bop for sure. Cindy Valentine co-wrote a bunch of these songs with Larry Weir, and she's the one who plays Shannon, um, the pop star. There's just one fresh outfit after another in this. I tried to get that outfit she wears when she's popular for the first yeah. time uh-huh. the next day it's like denim on top the skirt and then it's mm-hmm. got like a pink ruffle lace situation sewed together yes. mm-hmm. but it's a V the denim goes into a V so it's got to be flattering yeah. yeah. and then she's wearing a uh, like a purple long sleeve shirt with a denim jean jacket over that has like a floral mm-hmm. pocket situation mm-hmm. it's not on eBay I'm sure you can, get anyway. that you can get that made. I'm like I'm, I got some dupes but mm-hmm. that came from the jacket is that like floral studded wow. which oh, she, yeah, she yeah, destroyed yeah. the jacket maybe not it? but I think the outfits like represent inspired oh, yeah. by okay okay the uh, Robin Lively's mom actually provided all the wardrobe for her character I mean wow. she nailed it wow. mm-hmm. she was very involved on set she was uh, very committed to making sure this was a good experience for her daughter and basically took on the role Aww. as like costumer for she her so sweet. did such an amazing yeah. similar to Wish Upon a Star some of those outfits are I would say more so in Teen Witch there's like more collectively good wardrobe and wish upon a star has one really oh solid God. outfit it's the purple yes. skirt with the polka dot Ugh. vest mm. also you've been trying to find that as well. i have every movie like this these are where i get i get obsessed with the fashion and yeah. i try to emulate it because it's like you want it to look like that as a mm-hmm. kid. oh my god yeah uh and then this leads right into my favorite scene of the movie the abandoned house <laughs> weird like chase around the yeah, house it's weird that it's weird that brad's being the one who's like disappearing yeah and, like Seductive when with she it. catches him, his foot is against a b- bunch of splintery ass yes. wood. Yeah, and she okay, so he goes upstairs and then she He's very a little slowly trail of clothes. takes her high heels off yeah. and leaves them. I'm like, why is she taking her shoes off mm-hmm. in this abandoned in this house? She's gonna get place. a splinter. Yeah. yeah. Her just, just bloody footprints from all yeah. the nails she's stepping on. And then when she finally finds them, they do this kind of like seductive dance around each other. They put their hands together. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like they're just going to like go at it, have sex. And they do go at it really hard. Like he is shoving his tongue down. Yeah, I mean, we hold on it for a while. When I was younger, 
Uh, but <laughs> she, just she's thinking, going back. <laughs> I just remember like seeing scenes like this where you could see tongue in a kiss and I would pause it and then I would like rewind it and I would just watch like the person putting the tongue. Like I remember in Cruel Intentions there was a scene like mm-hmm. that where Ryan Philippi like is making out with Reese Witherspoon at the beginning and you see his tongue going in her mouth and I would just rewind it and play it. Rewind I mean, it, yeah, like a, a good intimate tongue kiss can be more provocative than even seeing somebody and they're just wearing the tightest acid wash jeans that you know Mm -hmm. his big old boner was just hurting her legs so (laughs) badly and Rhonda's probably standing on the sidelines being like we're dating now (laughs) Corey do you remember when I tried to have sex with you in an abandoned Uh, trailer (laughs) sounds really romantic (laughs) is this real no yes we had been dating for like two weeks (gasps) and we were in a trailer and my other friend who I won't name there was there was three couples we were one of three couples only dating for two weeks we had only been been dating dating for for two weeks. weeks The other three, the other two couples were having sex in this abandoned yeah, trailer. It was very clear that tonight's the night we're going to go stay in an abandoned trailer and all have sex. No, trailer. that was not that I did <laughs> this not. This is the most Arkansas <laughs> it is. story I've ever it is heard. Very, but I was not planning. It on was a trailer. It, it wasn't quite as abandoned as this. It was technically nobody was living in it, but it was a trailer that was a grandma's of one of the people there. <laughs> yeah, abandoned. Okay. But no. nobody was uh-huh. living in it. Yeah, it was time. empty. So it was empty. And so it smelled like old abandoned. Stinky, and dirty. <laughs> and we were all spending the night in it and everybody we all hung out and had a good time and then it was like all right we're all gonna go to our separate rooms and we were in the living room and jack uh-huh. had his backwards backpack yes. hiding his phone and in. i had a condom in my wallet because we all knew the game we knew no, what was happening no, here you we i knew the game you thought you knew the, I game. Thought I knew the game jack also this literally had been dating for two weeks and jack this is the night that he told me that he loved me too Aww. no Maybe i was i i was freaked out <laughs> what a and I, I was i that night I like I called Marianne I was like uh, he told me he loved me like what is good she was like I'm sure he, maybe he's just going through a lot I was like yeah I'm going through it we'll see <laughs> and, and it like almost did it almost did I was like do I still like this guy but he was like if I tell her that I love her then she'll let me have, she'll let me have sex. that's that what I was gonna that say was what it was. That, it, there was that high school mentality that's like I'm not gonna have sex until I'm in love yeah yeah, yeah. I had to convince myself too well, I can't we did believe not that you were such a Casanova night. like you seem no <laughs> <laughs> like you'd be like I wouldn't I wouldn't be like the one you'd be too big of a like like Corey'd be like we're doing the this is when this yeah. is the time and you'd be like yes ma'am well I saw the writing on the wall I was like I know what we're all doing so what did here. you do smack him away no I told him I was like we just no. made out for a I, I said no we did exactly what they did in the movie <laughs> I said no I'm on my period which I wasn't and then the next day I told him I was like by the way I wasn't on my period I just don't want to have sex yet and we which did I it. was fine with it you were I didn't I wasn't pushy about it you were like I don't actually I, love you so yeah. I'll wait till I I asked the question, yeah. and you said no, and I said, okay. okay. All right. And then I had to hear about everybody that's, else's great night. That's the saddest story I've ever heard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that yep. scene, that scene, uh, that scene felt glad, real. Glad we told the, that story on the pod. Really glad. Uh, Louise becomes so popular that she literally has like fans standing outside of her door. I'm like, what does popularity mean? Yeah, Yeah, very weird. You know that the signs around the school when she's like, towards the end of the song, just say, Louise mania. (laughs) (laughs) 
and Brad is now officially like falling in love with her, but now she feels fucking weird about it. She's also hyper focused on their future. I'm like, you are 16. Like, just be fine with it for right now. Yeah. Right. You're going to break up in two months. That is kind of the way it goes, though. Doesn't that seem kind of real? Like, when you're 16 years old, aren't you sort of thinking, like, but what if we get married? Not for Well, no. not for me because yeah. my boyfriend's world. I, <laughs> I didn't have any boyfriends. Boys would make out with me and I'd be like, you're my boyfriend? And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm cool. I'm That's a cool girl. No problem. They make out with me. I'm like, so we're dating? You're my boyfriend? <laughs> no. So she feels guilt. It's funny that she feels no guilt for murdering the boy who she sent to hell and no guilt for breaking Kiki's leg, which we kind of skipped the over. Most, that's the most fucked up it one. It is. But she didn't it's really also kind I don't of think fuck. she meant to. She didn't though. mean to. She didn't mean but to, she, which is also confusing that it's like her intent. It's not just her intent. Yeah, she can just it's say just, the yeah. words. Yeah. She literally just says break a leg as you would. Yeah. She did intend to make Randa and Kiki and Sean tell the truth to each other and fuck their relationships up. She's kind of conniving. But maybe she was like, I'm sick of this false world. Like maybe she was like, I need you guys to be real deal. Well, not to critique Robin Lively's performance, but maybe she could have sold some of these (laughs) things a little bit better. She was just pissed at the story and she was like, I'll give you exactly what's on the goddamn page. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, I love also when she goes back to, what's the older witch's name? Zelda? Madame Serena. That's her real name. Serena. Serena. When she goes back to her and Serena's like, who cares? Like, she's like, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. she's like, make me yeah. more money. You annoying yeah. little twat. Oh, my like, God. That scene. Cares. This scene is crazy because there's this awkward moment where. <laughs> Are you talking about she, what they said on each other? Zelda Rubenstein sits down on a chair and she says, come over here. She tells her to come sit on her lap. She sits on her lap for like one second and then they laugh like it's a big joke. And then they switch spots. And so then Zelda weird. sits on her lap. You know, that was the director being like, she's a smaller person. Yeah. And so they probably were like, this is a funny, horrible bit that's like dehumanizing. <laughs> it's you can so tell they, weird. You can tell they both hate it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not selling the humor Mm-mm, of it. No. And it's in like one long, continuous take. Uh, Robin Lively in an interview did say that Zelda Rubenstein breath smelled like shit during oh, this scene. She said that. <laughs> which is funny because as as i was watching it i was like their faces are really close together like i wonder if they swigged mouthwash or something it's almost like a kissing scene and it was really funny to then read in the interview that she was like we had just had lunch right before we shot this scene and her breath smelled so bad that i couldn't keep a straight face oh my god she blasted her she did she put her on blast i will say that my favorite robin lively moment is when zelda uses the we're calling her by her first name it's easier serena madam serena uses the last of her magical powers and they make this like high school science concussion like a Mountain Dew with a fucking Pepto in it (laughs) and and that was the last of her magical powers yeah for this popularity spell and Blake Lively or Blake Robin Lively cannot stop laughing at the fact that it's spilling over. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) They're like, that's such a 16 year old girl. Yeah. There was just zero logic to all of the magic. Yeah, Yeah, none. Oh, yeah, it doesn't. It's like sometimes she has to read. Sometimes she has to think it. Sometimes she has to say it. it just, sometimes it's a science yeah. experiment. They also did not have a cutting away moment for when Madame Serena had to grab the book that shows in the, earlier in the movie that shows her that she's like had powers oh, yeah. for all these years yeah. because they stayed on her struggling to get the book for a full 60 seconds. <laughs> oh, I feel like also there's a scene 
that ties into why she's starting to feel guilty because her dad, I feel like, spells out the theme of the movie. Yeah, yeah. that's the save the cat theme yeah. stated. Yeah. The theme stated, which was it matters most what you think about yourself yeah. and not yeah. what other people well, think. Well, Z- Zelda has the line too. She says, the real magic is believing in yourself. It's getting worse. <laughs> you can do that. You can make anything happen. That one, that last part was close. <laughs> it's because I put a little Southern twang yeah. on it. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I just feel like that theme stated should have been a little earlier. Oh, on. Yes. If we're going by please, structure, it should have please. been page Blake five. Snyder would tear this script apart. <laughs> He'd be like, this is nothing like blank check. <laughs> And then we get our final dance sequence, which is the Moonlight and Magic Dance. Uh, she brings Zelda with her, um, and then she decides she doesn't want to, to be popular anymore, and she literally takes off the amulet, throws it across the room, and everybody <laughs> stops paying attention to her almost immediately. You're uh, missing the dance section where they double take into the camera as if it's <laughs> Robin Lively's point of view as the camera. They, oh, yeah. They do that like to the, the beat. All, yeah. yeah. What's so- what song is that? Is that the um, same? Never gonna, gonna be. be oh, that, the, yeah, that's right. That's right. She sees da- she sees Brad. The uh, finest hour starts playing, and she centrally walks over to him. They but clasp the spell their hands is together. broken first. So it's it's real. It's real love. He's like, yeah, <laughs> we talked. It's the same exact relationship <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah, they kiss passionately, mm-hmm. and then they hug after that. And he lifts her yeah. as mm-hmm. the camera zooms out, and her little feet. With her tiny little shoes. Yes. That's cute. Like, mm-hmm. fly up. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Nice little fade to black. And we are left with questions of what the fuck happened with your <laughs> so friend. Many What's so Rhonda many thinking about all this? Where did the boy go? Does the mom ever find out that she's hanging out with this, like, adult psychic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think she'd care. No, she was really checked What out. was that picture of the mom where he's like, look at your mom and high school? Oh, yeah. that made no sense. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was just- She's supposed to be gothic or something? I think just or? nerd, you it, know? It was just that she didn't have blonde hair. She, yes. she wasn't cool. Yeah. She was in like, she looked like Janine Garofalo in Romeo and Michelle. Yes. When you think about it as like, a, this is a movie for teen girls, there's something kind of nice about that scene because it's like, you can be a dork and then also turn into this hot mom. <laughs> Because this hot mom, who even though she's so hot, she's like, this hideous, expensive sweater vest will be cool for yeah. my 16-year-old daughter. Yeah. Never mm. focus too much on what your kids wear. If you're a parent, it's never going to be cool to the kids. Mm-hmm. No. And the, you're not going to get your point across. Just let them wear whatever the fuck they want. Cut to you as a dad. You're like, check out this backpack. You can hide your mother's <laughs> in it. So it's time we have the conversation about what you do when you wake up in class. He's like, I'll just tuck it into my belt buckle. Like it doesn't work, son. It doesn't work. You got to use the backpack. Uh, well, let's take one more break and we'll be right back with final thoughts on Teen Wit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Them off the 
Welcome back to Cinema Possessed, and we are talking final thoughts on Teen Witch. Selena Marissa, I'm going to start with y'all. Final thoughts. How do you feel after this most recent rewatch of Teen Witch? Does it completely hold up the way it always has? Has your opinion changed at all? How do you feel? I actually felt it held up way more than I was anticipating it was going to. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this recent watch. Um, I actually did watch it alone in my apartment just with my dog. And I was like (laughs) full on singing, dancing around. Like it's just... It's just a joy. I like watching it more and more every time I watch it because I catch things. Because yeah. <laughs> you're so the first like nine hundred times you watch it, you're so confused and it's so you're focusing on big picture. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the more and more you know it, you get to see things that are like bizarre, like the fact that it took so long on that one take, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to discover it's like magical. Yes. Almost. Yeah. Corey, how about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that this movie is so fun and campy and like lives in this certain section. I'm not like, oh, this is the best movie I've ever seen, but it is a movie that I definitely think I will watch again in my life. It's a movie that I would love to see at like a midnight screening or a Cinespia mm-hmm. or something right. like that. Like I would love the next time I watch this, I would love to watch it with a crowd. We always say we want to have backyard movie nights mm-hmm. like in October. This, yeah, this would, would be, be a such a one. fun backyard movie night thing. It's not a movie I'm probably ever going to sit down to watch alone, but I look forward to watching it with people uh, throughout my life. I was also impressed that there wasn't a lot of offensive yes, that's true. language. I agree. Like the F word or yeah. the R Yeah, there word. wasn't really yeah. any homophobia, mm-hmm. at least nothing like, I don't think it, any homophobia, no. honestly, which is something that you see a lot of in 80s movies. Yeah. yeah. And the only fat shaming was for the little the, brother. That's a, true. A child. <laughs> yeah. And the movie doesn't really go out of its way to fat shame him. I mean, like. Obviously, it's part of yeah, exactly. And maybe it's just about the fact that he's eating so unhealthy, and less about his weight. Yeah, he has a compulsion. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I agree. I don't have any. I don't have like a lot of nostalgia for this movie because I didn't watch it uh, younger, and so my appreciation fully comes from seeing it in that audience in that midnight crowd. And nothing I feel like is ever going to really live up to that unless Mm. I was to go see that again. And so, as much as I like the movie, it's. It does sort of, it's not like a one that I feel like I'm going to rewatch. I don't actually feel like I need it in my collection. I'm going to wait. I would definitely go see it again in that midnight screening crowd. But as far as my DVD copy goes, I think I'm going to put it up for DVD Even adoption. Even though it's technically not I was yours. Say, it's yeah. not really yours to give. And also it's a Halloween <laughs> oh, staple wow, so right. that if you were to have people over, it's like, it's a rare find too. I know. I actually um, think we have to keep it. Me. Because it's also not ours. You've convinced me in the sense that, yeah, I guess it's not mine to give away. I mean, you have had it for 10 years. Like, I will take it. You don't even have to put it up. I'll take it from you. Well, I I would be happy to give it to you because what I want is I want somebody to be able to see it who maybe can't see it for whatever reason. But if you want it, I, will I think it. Selena I have, should get to have it. Okay. I have a DVD collection, so. It played well, and it's a double-sided, so you can watch it full screen so Matt, or widescreen. So, Matt, if you <laughs> listen to this podcast and you want your DVD back, take it up with Yeah, take Selena. it up with Selena. <laughs> I don't like strangers contacting me, so I probably won't be responsive. <laughs> Perfect. Knowing Matt, he probably went and got, like, the Blu-ray of it whenever yeah, that came yeah. out. Well, now that we've said everything there is to say about Teen Witch, what do you say we play... Teen quiz. Teen quiz. 
Nice. The teen quiz. Yikes. <laughs> uh, very simple. I am going to read you a clue and you have to tell me the answer. Question number one. This magically empowered character was first introduced in the Archie comics and would later spawn a mid-90s live-action TV Corey. movie. Celine- oh. Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Point nice. for Corey. Oh, thank you. I was like, <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, and I get so frantic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, question number two. Megan Fox made her theatrical film debut in this 2004 musical comedy about a high school Selena, actress. Um, Tales of a Teenage Drama Queen. Ooh, very close. Confessions of a Teenage Drama there Queen. There you go. Oh, ding, ding, yeah. Ding. With wasn't, Lindsay Lohan? Wasn't Megan Fox in Holiday in the Sun with Mary Kane and Ashley? Yes, she was. Theatrical debut. Oh. That was a straight to DVD. That would have been DVD. a straight to video. Wow. That was a musical? Yeah, that girl was a teeny Charlie queen. I guess I thought it just had songs she's, in it. I think she's yeah. doing a musical. There's yeah. a musical oh, in it. Oh, yeah, 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 I think that, and there's like another band that they're going to New York to see that has right. a mm-hmm. <laughs> He's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, and did you know the Mary Kate and Ashley thing just because you've seen the movie a bunch of times? Yes, I was a huge fan. Yeah. Was? Mm-hmm. Still am. <laughs> Question number three. Hunky man Chris Evans got his start playing a jock who covers himself Selena. in whipped cream. Oh, yeah. Uh, not another teen movie. Ding, ding, ding. Good. Two points That's for Selena. That's how he got his start? Yeah. He had technically, his first, like, big, I'm sure he yeah. did a couple of things. He had sure. done like a little thing here and there, but. Wow. Um, Marissa, you got to catch up. You gotta I know. It really <laughs> stresses me out to cut you off <laughs> while you're reading it. So I'm, I'm fine. I'm Everybody's just, doing it. I'll just sit it. back. Okay, here we go. Question number four. We all love Michael J. Fox's hairy transformation in the hit film Teen Wolf, but which famous actor followed in his Selena, fluffy Jason footsteps? Bateman. Ding, wow. ding, ding. I didn't know that one. I don't think I knew that one either. Mm-hmm. He was in Teen Wolf 2. Mm-hmm. And it didn't do well. And and they I make, never saw They it. talk not and stop about it on um, Smartless, which oh. is my husband's favorite podcast. Yeah. All right. So three points for Selena, one point for Corey. Question number five. Evan Rachel Wood dabbled in a bit of witchcraft herself as an 11-year-old playing opposite Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman in Practical Magic, but... <laughs> this is the teen quiz. Oh, sorry. But she truly broke out in this low-budget drama... Oh, 13. There you go. Yeah, such a good one. Such a good one. I thought that movie was, like, the most craziest movie no I've ever seen. No yeah. no bra. Same uh, director as Twilight. I'm blanking oh. on her name, but... Well, it has Nikki Reed in it, who's also in Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. Question number six. Corey Feldman lended his signature scratchy voice to one of these four pizza-loving reptiles in their 1990 debut film. <laughs> Marissa? Mutant <laughs> uh, Ninja Turtles? Say that again. Mutant Ninja Turtles? What kind of Mutant Ninja Teenage. Turtles? Teenage. There you go. <laughs> Points for Marissa. Okay, this See, is the me. reptile dinosaur thing threw me. Yeah, it was confusing. I didn't say dinosaur. <laughs> Pizza-loving reptiles. Okay. I think I went straight to dinosaur. Honestly, it makes me feel so good that you guys were paused on that, too, because the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have come up in another quiz, mm-hmm. and Jack and Justin were like, name them, name them all. And, like, oh. and I was like, ah. Michelangelo. Michelangelo was the only one I could name. Yeah, that's the one. Da Vinci is what I said, but Da Vinci's not one. Yes, that's two. Um, There's four, right? Mm -hmm. 
I don't this know. makes me feel so I don't know. vindicated. Can you think of any other painters? Because they're all named after painters. Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> Picasso. A Banksy. Well, I'm not going to say. I'm going to leave it hanging because I didn't. <laughs> Bob Ross. All right. Final question, and this question is worth. 11 points. <laughs> oh, so you just win. Okay. That seems unfair, but okay. <laughs> Question this number seven. This is the seven. only way when we do the quizzes with Justin that I ever have a chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> After co-starring in the 2000 film Loser, Jason Biggs and Mina Suvari teamed up again. Selena, boys and girls? <laughs> Corey, American Pie? <laughs> oh. Let me finish the question. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Biggs and Mina Savari teamed up again in this popular music video for the band Weedus. Um, I'm just a loser, baby. Uh, Marissa, teenage dirtbag. Marissa wins. Yeah. The <laughs> team wins. This feels deeply unfair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm teenage dirtbag. That movie dirt Loser bag. is so dark. Ooh. I haven't ever seen it. Oh, it's dark. I don't, I don't know if I've I, ever seen it either. I don't think either. I have either. She's in an abusive relationship with her teacher, a professor oh, played by, I think, Greg Kinnear. Mm. And she works at like an animal hospital. And then like Jason Biggs gets a job there and like lies to her. I, it's so bizarre. Wow. wow. Another movie to check out, guys. Yeah. I've seen the music video, which is, a, I think they're playing like the same characters. Yeah. That's when they would do that. They, a movie oh, yeah. would come out and then they would put a music video out where like the characters would come back and Yeah, I and can imagine stuff that in them. the music video is like wearing like that hat with like the ears. They basically do what they do in the song. Like they go to an Iron Maiden concert oh. and. Those early 2000s, late, like mid 2000s movies are so dark. Like Boys and Girls too mm-hmm. is dark uh-huh. and sad. And they make Boys and Girls weird. was Freddie Prince Jr. That's that? right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. And Jason Biggs was in it. Wow. He was like a pathological liar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that concludes the quiz, <laughs> and that concludes talking about Teen Witch. Selena Marissa, anything y'all want to plug? No, we're, we're in a, a strike, strike right yeah. now. Double strike. Um, mm-hmm. We just lost double, at double. the uh, AT&T Untold Stories event, so you can feel free to go hey, watch but, us. But you <laughs> made it into that top you five. Made it. And the girls' pitch is That's so a win good. Of it like, made yes, me emotional. I'm oh, so proud you. of you guys. I appreciate that. It was amazing. Go watch that, guys, on their Instagram. Definitely. <laughs> well, that, my friends, is the show. Follow us on social media at Cinema Possessed Pod, where we announce next week's movie ahead of time. And if you want to get in touch with us, email us at cinemapossessedpod at gmail.com. And if you want to get even more possessed, head on over to patreon.com slash cinemapossessedpod and unlock the Cinema Possessed bonus materials, our bi-monthly bonus episodes where we talk about more than just what's in our collection. Plus, you'll gain exclusive access to Patreon-only giveaways and community message boards. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get these things. And as always, keep watching the movies you love and stay possessed. Later! Bye! 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 Bye.